What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez and Joel Dells. And this is now episode 167. In this episode, we are going to rank our top quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers in the 2022 NFL Draft. Talk about the Lions being on hard knocks, new overtime rules, Jim Ursay calling out Wentz, Lamar Jackson's contract situation, and talk Jets with Michael Nania. Now, we have Michael here right now to talk about this glorious Jets offseason. Tyreek Hill would have been the icing on top of the cake. So tragic. But we we can at least say in the first couple of days, the Jets had the best offseason. We were killing it. Very first day. 48 hours in. I'll give you 48. So, Michael, nice to see you and welcome on to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, so I see that you do a lot of work. Uh, you are a co- co-owner of uh, Jets X Factor. You guys have a lot of cool stuff going on. The off-season simulator. You guys got a lot of cool uh, graphics and photoshops. I saw a couple of AJ Brown. Mm. I mean, we have to make, we have to manifest, manifest that. It Speak works. Speak that into existence. It works. You guys manifest. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a little bit of that going on. I think some, you know, attempted manifestation of whether it's Brown, Samuel, Metcalf. I think that's the main activity of Jets fans right now, just trying to bounce back from the Tyreek Hill fiasco and try to, you know, bounce back with one of these other guys. I, I don't know how likely it is, but it would, it seems like that, you know, based on what Douglas is, was saying at the owners meetings, Robert Sala, it does seem like that they're interested in doing it. It's just a matter of, will these guys become available? But I think that's definitely what Jets fans are fixated on right now. The thing with manifesting, you got to be consistent. You can't, you can't exactly. be, Swayed one way or the other. Because I only had an hour down. to manifest Tyreek Hill. It's true. It, that's, that's why. why. Exactly. I, I had like three, four months yeah, to manifest. Never in a million years. Who needs Tyreek Hill anyway? It's not like I he's agree. that great of a he's, player oh anyway. Right? Stop it. Stop Zach it. Zach Wilson's going to make whoever he wants. We right? have credibility to withhold. Wait, Please. hold on, hold on. I, you know, I'm shocked right now. You're wearing a Drew Lock jersey. He just got traded. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't he departed. Do not insult the greatest quarterback in the AFC. Please do not do Oof. that. All right, Russell Wilson. My pride yeah, showed off. My pride and joy. I had to come through. He had to show. He had to show off that it wasn't Drew Locke. Come on, of course. So, so everyone knows we got the the real number three in the building. Russell Wilson is here to stay. Best quarterback in the AFC, especially in the AFC West. Who's Herbert? Who's Mahomes? I couldn't tell you. I don't know if he's the best Wilson in the AFC. Oof, he's God. got a great point. He's the greatest Wilson <laughs> to ever play football in the, in the existence of the game. So, out of um, Tyreek Hill's out the equation, of course, because he's in Miami. A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, and D.K. Metcalf are now the targets that Jets fans are all hoping and longing for. Michael, I want to ask you, which one do you think fits best with the Jets? Not the best player. Maybe if if he's the best player to you and you think he fits as well, then so be it. But which one of these three do you want to see on the Jets? Yeah, I I don't think you, you definitely can't go wrong with any of these three. But in terms of who's the best fit, I think you have to look to Metcalf just because of the 49ers connection with Michael Floor being the offensive coordinator. Um, we saw them obviously not the same caliber of player, but I mean, they're trying to use Braxton Barrios in similar types of ways at the end of last year, just involving him in the run game, putting him in the backfield, things like that. So I think that I think that would be the best fit. And AJ Brown, I think, works too. I think he's the most versatile of the three in terms of being able to do anything. Um, Metcalf would be great too, but 
maybe not as great of a fit in terms of, you know, the route running intermediate game, short game um, that they like to emphasize in this offense. So I'd probably say Samuel, but all three are talented enough to fit any offense and be a huge upgrade for them. Um, So like you guys said, got to be consistent with the manifestation. And I think we can speak it into existence. (laughs) Yeah. I think one important thing to note too, is just the jets injury history over these last few years and how injury plagued this team has been. And while Debo and AJ Brown have been phenomenal, they've dealt with a number of injuries over the last few seasons. So I think that's definitely something that Douglas is going to be looking at compared to DK Metcalf. But I'm curious what you think in terms of the draft, Michael, if the jets don't take um, or don't trade for one of these star receivers and they, and they use number 10 overall, they have a few different options they could go with. You know, Drake London gives them that elite 50-50 ball catcher. You have Jamison Williams, who would give them elite speed um, that they're really lacking. And then lastly, I think Traylon Burks comps pretty well to the guys that they're talking about now with the Debo Samuels and the A.J. Brown, someone who could line up all over the field. It could be a big slot in the backfield. So if the Jets don't trade for a receiver and say, for example, at 10, they do go that route, which receiver do you think they would lean? Yeah, I definitely think if if they're not able to pull it off, which, you know, let's... Actually, no, I was going to say, let's be honest, it's unlikely, but that's not playing into Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. cannot I sway one way or the other. <laughs> but if it doesn't happen, I think it is likely that they go that way in the first round at some point, whether that's at 10 or if they trade back up into the bottom, get someone who falls to the late first. Um, but looking at 10, I think it's between London and Garrett Wilson. I think with Drake London, he obviously he's a great 50 50 ball type of guy. He measured close to six, four, great size, great length. Um, and you could, it's obvious to everyone what he could do getting those balls um, in 50 50 situations. And the jets do lack that, but his route running and his yak are both very underrated. And I think he can um, fit well into this offense with his ability to separate on slants, digs, those short, um, more short to intermediate routes that they are going to need him to run. Um, so I think he does have a lot more of that ability than giving credit for. Um, that makes him a, a a better fit than I think a lot of people realize. But then with Garrett Wilson, I think you're talking about a lot more natural fit in terms of, you know, smaller guy, more sharper, quicker route runner, um, who probably brings more of a home run threat than than you would get with Drake London, which is another thing I think the Jets definitely use. Because, um, you know, they have Elijah Moore, home run threat there. But beyond that, not a ton of home run, you know, 50 plus yard touchdown type of threats in this offense. And I think Garrett Wilson um, can bring you that. And then you mentioned Traylon Burks. Um, he's in it. It'll be interesting to see where he falls because didn't have the best combine 40, 40 times, a little bit less than expected. Three cone is rough. Um, so wasn't the best combine for him. Um, there are some, you know, effort blocking inconsistencies on tape that aren't the best, but the upside in terms of what he could be, you mentioned the similarities to the guys that we're talking about in trade, you know, the size speed that he does show on tape, the ability to break tackles and make plays down the field. You do sort of see that Debo Samuel DK Metcalf, some of those traits that those guys have. So there is a lot of upside with him as well, but I definitely think I would expect them to uh, look at a receiver at 10. If they don't get one of these big guys through trade. And I would mostly focus on Wilson and London, Jameson Williams would definitely be in the mix if not for the injury and and we did see the video uh come out today that yeah, you know he's he was progressing skipping. pretty well um could be back by training ca- training camp so i don't think it's as severe of an issue as it may have seemed like it might have been um but at the same time i think it still knocks him down a little bit and this is a team that needs help right now at receiver sure. um so i think williams might not fit their timeline as well because of those risks that he comes with so i would expect uh 
I would expect it to be between Wilson and London, probably with the 10th pick, uh, if they do miss out on a big receiver. As of recently, I've been on Jets Twitter, and I've been in a couple spaces. I was in Damon Woody's space, and he talked about how it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world walking into next year with Elijah Moore being our number one because he's shown flashes. Even a DJ who reports for the New York Daily News also is a big Elijah Moore fan. On a scale of 1 to 10, if our receiving core going into next season, our starters are Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and Braxton Berrios. On a scale of 1 to 10, how disappointed would you be? I I would probably, I think the Berrios being the third is definitely the disappointing part, which is no disrespect to him because I think there's a lot of great things he brings to the table. But him being a starting receiver when you had all this cap space and room to maneuver yep. to just maximize the supporting cast for Wilson in year two, I think that would definitely be disappointing. So I'd probably put it at a seven and eight, I think, um, just because they have so many opportunities to really just go all in and help their quarterback out, give him everything he can. Um, and it's just the depth beyond that that would be yes. the problem. Because I think best case scenario, everyone stays healthy. Elijah Moore can be a wide receiver one. You saw that over his uh, final six games before he got hurt. He was putting up top 10 numbers on a consistent basis. Um, and even the beginning of the season when he wasn't putting up numbers, he was open and just, you know, the O-line wasn't playing well. Zach Wilson wasn't playing well. And, you know, there were a lot of plays where he was open, just wasn't getting the ball. So I think he can definitely be a wide receiver one. Corey Davis showed in 2020 next to A.J. Brown how good he can be when he's playing next to a star receiver. He averaged over 70 yards a game that year. Um, so I think, you know, best case scenario, everyone stays healthy. That can be a good unit. And they also added the two tight ends with Uzama and Tyler Conklin. So that's a lot of targets there. Um, so the wide receiver position isn't necessarily as important thanks to those security blankets. Um, but it's just the depth that'd be the problem because one guy get, goes down and now Barrios is your second receiver. And that's a pretty big problem, uh, I, I would say, with the opportunities that they did have to improve. So uh, I definitely think that something big has got to happen. If not the trade, then they're going to go for a receiver early because it's just the depth that'd be the problem. One one injury, two injury, and you're right back where you were at the at the end of last season where, you know, Keelan Cole, Jeff Smith, um, and all these, you know, frankly, random guys are just out there running routes for your star quarterback and you can't have that. So uh, definitely something big has got to come to just improve the depth. Given the resources you guys have had this offseason, I can understand where you'd look at having Braxton Berrios be your number three as a disappointment. However, don't you feel as if you got to give him that benefit of the doubt since it really came into fruition where Zach Wilson started to improve his game and it just so happened that Braxton Berrios was his number one guy in that span? Wouldn't you like to at least see Zach have one weapon that he had last season that he had success with? Doesn't that leave you a little bit of optimism in that sense of Braxton being your number three? Or let's say something happens to one of your receivers and he ends up being that number two option. There's not a little bit of confidence there? I think there's definitely something to be said for the chemistry. But I guess my counterpoint would be for Barrios regarding his impact is that a lot of the production he had later in the season was schemed up, whether it was an end around. Um, there's a trick play pass he had. Uh, oh, there, it was actually With a Jameson. run play where he mm-hmm. ran it in. I remember. He could have thrown it to Zach Wilson. Okay. Uh, against the Bucks in week 17. So he did have a lot of uh, that schemed up type of production, screen passes, things like that, where, you know, he, he was producing playing well, but wasn't necessarily the chemistry as much. It definitely was there. There were flashes of that. Um, but at the same time, I think he's a guy who, you know, before those last few games of the season, he did start some games earlier in the year and didn't produce as much. There's even one play 
against Denver in week three, where he dropped a wide open pass from Wilson that turned into an interception. Mm. Um, and then last year he started some games as well. And, you know, there's a big difference between when he was in there, when James Crowder was in there, uh, they weren't playing as well. So I think he, what he brings to the table is that ability on, you know, design touches, screens, carries out of the backfield, trick plays, even throwing the ball. We've seen him have success on a couple of plays. Uh, and then also as a returner uh, and the chemistry is great. And you could even see it in the off season, like they're hanging out all the time and it's awesome. Yeah, but at the same time, I just think if you're being honest about his talent level, I don't think <laughs> it's quite starting caliber. That's just me. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, I know he's the right. fan favorite, but um, uh, great to have back for depth. But I think you definitely need to, aim a little bit higher in terms of your starting trio. Yeah, it's unfortunate because they are best buddies. You yeah. can see them. I mean, Zach Wilson had, his, uh, had a Braxton no, Berrios' good other. shirt. Yeah. Braxton had a Zach Wilson is good. I have to get one of those shirts, by the way. I'm going to get one pretty soon. The Braxton Berrios is good? or I need no, the Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson is but I need, the one, I need that in white. With the, yeah, with that'd the be green. hard. That's that'd tough. be hard. It's unfortunate, but you're right. You know, Braxton Berrios isn't a starting caliber wide receiver, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think he can be. I think back in uh, 16, I forgot when it was. It was 2018, I believe, uh, when we let go of Andre Roberts, and he was our best return man. There's value to to having. Yeah, there's value in having an excellent return man, and that's what Braxton Berrios is. He's He's an excellent return return man. But in terms of wide receiver four, he's a great wide receiver four. Right. Yeah. So disrespectful. And with all the money and the draft picks, like you said, it would be very disappointing. You think he's Adam Humphreys? I think he's a poor man's Julian Edelman. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's exactly what I Hall, think. Hall of Famer Julian Edelman? I said poor man's. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying that he needs to be Julian Edelman specifically. Mm-hmm. Saying he has that type of value and he showed some flashes down the end of the season. With Zach Wilson, who you guys raved to me nonstop about, yeah. which I understand. I think that was more to injuries around him rather than Berrios really stepping you still up and You got to make the most of your opportunity, and that's exactly what We could not do did. anything against Buffalo because well, no Buffalo's one of the open. best team in the AFC. You got to have some kind, kind of understanding of who you're going to thrive against and who you're not going to thrive against. That's true. I understand. But uh, this offseason, we, we saw the Jets sign Lakin Tomlinson, DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead, um, Michael, I want to ask you which one of these moves were your favorite. In my opinion, it's DJ Reed. I don't know if you have the same one. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would agree with you. I think in terms of the value, um, obviously Lake and Tomlinson was the biggest in terms of the money they gave out. But I mean, DJ Reed is a really underrated signing. He played very well last year, and it kind of flew under the radar because the Seahawks were so bad, especially defensively. But he was one of the lone silver linings for them. Uh, he legitimately had, I would say, a top 20 or so season among cornerbacks last year. He plays great against the run, which is something they needed. Um, he fits the scheme with his ability to play zone, um, come down and make tackles. So uh, great scheme fit, great value, young player. Um, so I definitely really like that signing. Uh, Tomlinson was great, too, though, to fill out the offensive line uh, with the scheme fit. Um, and now this offensive line has a lot of potential. Uh, Whitehead brings toughness and runs toughing ability to a secondary that didn't have either of those things last year. Um, so I really like the signings they made across the board. They didn't make that big splash, but uh, they had a lot of holes to fill and they filled them in, I think, efficient and smart ways. Um, trying trying to plug as many holes as possible to give them flexibility going into the draft. For the next couple of shows, I know Joel and I here. Oh, for one, we're huge Jets fans. Uh, you can see the Zach Wilson jersey in the back right there. That that wall is only reserved for future Hall of Famers. That's why Zach's up there. We have that manifestation and belief going on right now. 
But we are going to, for the next couple of weeks, be arguing about what the Jets should do with picks number four and 10. And even later on in the draft, what is your ideal scenario come draft day that you want the Jets to do? Yeah, I think starting at four, it's got to be an edge rusher. And the the Jets have given a lot of signs toward sort of hinting. That's what they want to do with uh, with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala were saying this week. Um, But just still, in my personal opinion, I definitely agree with that. I think that that's where this defense all starts. It's with that pass pass rush, that four man rush. And I think that's where the strength of this draft class is. There's a lot of top end talent at the edge position. So um, a dream scenario, I guess, would be if Kayvon Thibodeau could some somehow fall to the fourth pick. I think that would be the dream. But even if he doesn't, I think with someone like Trayvon Walker, I think he'd be my preference. But if you want to go to Jermaine Johnson, even George Karloftis up there, um, I, I think going edge number four is the way to go. And then at number 10, you know, like we said, receiver, if that's still a hole, if not, you know, potentially, uh, again, dream scenario, if Sauce Gardner fell to 10, that'd be awesome, but I doubt it. Um, so I'm looking at edge number four right now, receiver at number 10. Um, what will be interesting is if they do solve receiver, um, what position do they go to at 10? Do they trade down? Um, do they maybe try to move up a few picks to get Gardner if he falls? Um, but that's what's really interesting about this draft for the Jets this year. It's it's tough to project what's going to happen because there are a lot of different ways they can go. So, uh, But the number one thing for me, I think, is getting a, a premier edge rushing talent with that fourth pick. Because I think um, if they can get that done, then this defensive line has potential to be very good this year and help this defense bounce back. Yeah, you and- said your preferred player was Trayvon Walker. Is he your best edge rusher in the class? Well, I would say beyond... Thibodeau, if okay. Thibodeau isn't there, are you, I would go with Walker. Are you worried yeah. at all? You know, Salah and, and Joe Douglas have made it clear they want guys who love football, come into the game, passionate about it. And obviously, there's been a ton of rumors about Thibodeau and the way he plays in his motor and off the field. Do you think there's any hesitancy from the Jets in terms of you know any of those rumors going around that would sway them off Thibodeau and into another edge rusher? Yeah, I, I mean, if those concerns are legitimate, based on you know the research that they do or what they take away from talking to him personally, then I think definitely is something that you should be concerned about. Um, I just think it's tough from our perspective to really, you know, make those decisions because, you know, right now it's mostly just rumors. There isn't a ton of substantiated evidence that he is, you know, a character concern type of guy or anything like that. But I think that's, I think this part of scouting is the biggest gap between the decisions that NFL teams make and, you know, what we project as outsiders is because they have a lot more information in this department than we do regarding, you know, how these guys are as characters, their work ethic, things like that. So um, if the Jets are concerned with it, I'm I'm sure they definitely will, you know, consider passing on him because I think it is something that Joe Douglas has shown he values a lot during his his time here. The Jets have really emphasized character. So if it is a concern, then I think it will come into play. But Based on what we can see right now, it doesn't it seems like more smoke than fire? It, it could even be the Jets putting it out there trying to make them fall to their uh, to their spot. Um, um, so yeah, I think if it is substantiated, it could come into play. But it's just hard for us to know if it really is. Today, Vegas released their their over under for Jets wins this season. It's at five and a half. Now we're all going to make it. we're all going to make a prediction. Here. All right. How many wins will the Jets win this season? 
I'll start with you, Joel. I think they're in that seven to eight upside of nine wins. I think they're have talked about all offseason that they need to play meaningful games in December. And it's no more starting off 0-4, not winning a game in the AFC East. I think they need to be competitive. I think with this draft, having four picks in the top 40, potentially trading for a true wide receiver one, and hopefully just year two with Robert Sala. And overall, if this team could just stay healthy, which seems like it's been forever since we've even stayed marginally healthy. But if we can stay healthy, especially with Becton and Lawson coming back, I think it's in the range of outcomes to be in that seven to nine win range. Tell you what, I love this question in March before draft day when there's receivers on the trade block, five and a half wins. It's one of those that you're looking at and you got to expect that the Jets are going to shoot over that number. It depends on what happens for me personally. If they trade for an A.J. Brown, if they trade for a Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, if they have a ideal draft of how we're, we're all expecting it to go, I would say in that upwards of nine wins. If all goes to plan, nine wins should not be out of the realm of possibility. Truthfully, I believe that. I think it's seven wins. I'm going to go with seven. This pessimistic Jets fan. This guy preaches a, he, he preaches all this this Jets propaganda to us for him to sh- undershoot them at seven wins. Seven wins is a, a pretty good mark. In the sense of all this praise that you've given, Zach Wilson's supposed to be the second coming of Jesus Christ, and this is what you're going to do to them? Listen, listen, listen. Josh Allen, year two. That, that's the person everybody compares uh, rookie quarterbacks to in development. You got to stop. Yeah, I, understand, I, understand. I understand. We I understand. just spoke about this. Yeah. He's the biggest anomaly in quarterback talent in although, recent memory. Although a Jets fan sent me a screenshot of A.J. Brown liking my Jets tweet, A.J. Brown to the Jets, I don't think A.J. Brown will be a Jet, and I don't think we trade for any of those receivers. It feels like the Seahawks don't want to deal with us anymore. <laughs> and even if they do get DK, like if we'd probably trade the tenth overall pick, which is their pick. To I don't begin even think with, we would have them, to trade ten. I, Based off what Tyreek just went for, yeah, that's a possibility. Debo, 49ers will not go off him. Not they're not going to let him go. I'd be shocked. And AJ, I think Tennessee they want to make a run right now. So I am under the expectation Elijah Moore may be our wide receiver number one. Or we're going to count on a rookie to be our best wide receiver. And because of that, I think seven wins is a respectable mark in the AFC. But if Zach is supposed to take this leap, right? right seven wins is not what you're looking for as Hold a up. Jets fan. We want four We want four games. Okay, I understand this. A three-win uh, three improvement is good. Kyler Murray went from what? Four wins to eight and eight? Yeah, he was eight and eight. You can't be eight and eight anymore, though. So eight and nine, you can't get eight wins. You can't get nine wins. I mean, it's in the alley. If he's saying seven, you're Man, saying eight. Michael, what do you think? What are the Jets winning? I think I think I agree with you. I got to go with seven, and I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing, and it's you know with a lot of the optimism that some Jets fans are talking, I think it's definitely maybe a little underwhelming, but that's a big step forward, especially in a competitive AFC. Jets have a tough schedule facing a lot of these teams. Um, I, I agree with you. I think seven. Um, is the place around with where they'll land, and it'll be more of a, you know, step by step climb upward, and then next year is when they could take that leap into being a double digit uh, win team and maybe competing for playoffs or potentially championship, depending on how Wilson develops. But um, but yeah, I think it it all depends on what Zach does and the how the type of development curve that he have that he has because if like you said, you mentioned Josh Allen, year two Josh Allen was much better than his rookie year, but he wasn't great just yet. He was more okay his second year. So if that's who Zach Wilson's going to be, I think seven wins is a fair place for the Jets to be in this crowded AFC 
defense not entirely built, still going to be, like you said, relying on a young wide receiver um, and various other questions. Um, but they still have a lot of talent to win some games and steal some wins, come close to 500. But if he can make a, you know, Joe Burrow type of year two leap or, you know, that that type of ascension, mm-hmm. then I think that with what they have in their offensive line, um, the pass rush talent on defense, and just the young talent across the board, then they could definitely sneak up into nine, ten wins, even in a crowded AFC. But it it really does all hinge on Zach Wilson, I think. So shooting the middle, I think seven wins is a good place to be. But in terms of the five and a half, I think I'm, I don't even think it's biased to say that going over that is a good play. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, that's I, just how, how I, I, see I do have a question. As a Jets fan, I sit at a table with guys that absolutely. Love and adore Zach Wilson. What are your expectations of Zach Wilson? What are you expecting him from him this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I think the the most important thing is that we're still talking about receiver, but looking at the O line, as long as that stays healthy, he really does have a good a good wall in front of him for sure. To evaluate him behind, which is something that you know Sam Darnold, for all his faults individually, you know, it definitely isn't something that he ever really had, and it made it tough to really you know separate what is he struggling with and then what is you know just the team failing to support him and making him look bad but with this offensive line that the jets have now again provided it's healthy you know it's it's going to be a really good environment to play in regardless of who's that receiver he's going to have space and time to work with so i think that's really positive uh for the team to evaluate him so looking at him particularly i think what he did in the second half of the season or after he came back from his injury uh, it was promising just with the way that he, you know, he didn't necessarily explode and put up the biggest numbers, but he settled down, stopped turning the ball over. Um, no picks over his last five games. I think his accuracy was better. He got the ball out quicker, uh, was more willing to take his check downs. He missed a lot fewer, uh, significantly fewer of those layups that he was missing earlier in the year. Uh, so he settled down. It wasn't anything incredible, but he seemed like an NFL quarterback. So then, I think now that he's established that base, let's see if he, he can come out this year and, you know, start sling, slinging the ball a little bit. And, you know, we've already seen him show that he can keep the ball safe, play methodical quarterback, which is what he had to do in the second half of the season, which the with the injuries at receiver. Um, so let's see if he can build on that and then get some of those explosive plays going and, you know, the off schedule stuff that we know he can do and the deep arm strength that we know he has. So I think he set a good platform for himself in that latter part of the season uh, with the progress he made. Uh, so I think expectations should be tempered. And I think, a, I, like you mentioned, Josh Allen is a huge anomaly and he's not someone you should always be comparing to, but I think the, uh, his trajectory of, you know, going from, you know, frankly bad as a rookie to okay year two to then year three becoming a star. I think that is a realistic path for Wilson to follow. So that's what I'm hoping to see him do this year is an okay year close to league average is what I would like to see him be, especially with the offensive line support that he has. And I think it's important too, for the jets to start off hot for the first time, right? Like ever, right? <laughs> we always start off mid October, the season's over. And I would love to see them start off, you know, two and oh, three and one, and just have good vibes yeah. in the locker room, have everyone's morale up, give Zach Wilson and the team some confidence. Because when you go into October and you're one and four, Every, no one's going to say, but everyone knows like this season's probably lost, right? Especially in such a tough conference in the AFC. So I would love for them to start off hot. Hopefully we get a couple, you know, give me games early on. Maybe play Miami or something. You know, we could get a quick win in there and, uh, and keep it pushing. If the Dolphins had not gotten Tyreek Hill, 
I would have said the Jets would be eight and nine or nine and eight. If they didn't get Tyreek Hill, he's he's the difference for me. So the Dolphins are going to the playoffs this year? I, I think the Bills are still winning the division. The Dolphins will be second. It's up in the air, man. Jets will be third. I think the Patriots come in last. I think you're right there. The Patriots are doing everything backwards. To a degree. Like, I understand Zig when everyone zags, but having no weapons in this True. league is incredibly bold. I'm Losing J.C. Jackson, too. Of course, yeah. That's huge. Shaq Mason. Yep. Michael, we want to Ted thank Garris. you for your time being on the podcast uh, right here. You could uh, plug in whatever you got going on so our audience can listen and hopefully tune in. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. Uh, check out all my writing at JetsXFactor.com. But we have so many awesome writers uh, at, at JetX as well who are writing every single day. Tons of draft stuff, stats, film. Um, really anything there is regarding the Jets and just the draft in general. If you're not a Jets fan, we're doing a ton of draft analytics and film right now. Um, Jets offseason sim- simulator, really cool thing yeah, that we have I played going. around with that. We could um, make trades, cut players, do free agency, even with the remaining free agents that are left, uh, mock draft uh, and all that. Um, so definitely check it out at JetsXFactor.com. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right, man. Take care. Before we go on to the next topic, because because we didn't give our Patreon shout-outs at the beginning of the show, Amen. we're going to do it right now. So quick Patreon shout-outs to Jackson, Corrupt, G-Boog, Kobe, Jeremiah, Dylan, Afosa, Mason, Rico, Gentile, Drew, Cade, MVP, Mark, SP4Z, Shot, Jordan, Evan, Dylan, Joel is the Goat, Mayo, Andre, Matthew, Peter, Daniel, Ben, Mickey, William, Tyler, Ruthless Rootster, Sensei Stevie, Joel B, S.A. Crimes, Kevin S., Eagle, Dalla, Tizzy, Corey, Get Funkled, Dylan, Playboy, Orlando, Big Chuck, Michael, Greg, Cole, Liam, T. Grove, Tula Sucks on Ka, Ryan, Epic Linkiness, Travis, Aaron, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy, Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Dave, Muffins, John, Sean, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, P. Dot, George, Hakari, Mateen, and Jay Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua, man. Let's get into it. But before we actually get into it, let's give a shout out to Big Chuck. Shout Big, out. Big Chuck is actually getting married on Friday. If you guys don't know, Big Chuck yes, happens to be my brother. On April Fool's Day, right? On April Fool's. It ain't no joke. That's it. That's the That's slogan the for the wedding. God bless. It ain't no joke. Shout out to you, Big Chuck. <laughs> I can't wait to celebrate. It's going to be a great time. Because we had Michael on for the interview, I don't, I don't feel like we had a formal intro. I feel like intros are what make... The yeah, podcast. Like those like first five to ten minutes where we're just talking about God knows what. I'll tell you what, about I, bullshit, I'll tell you what yeah. I'm absolutely shocked that we just didn't have like a interview, plug in over here, and then we actually do our regular intro, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Usually that's what we do. But I was like, ah, you know what, we're gonna do the intro. Why not? Let's just let it rock. I don't hate it. And all the real fans are gonna be able to see my gritty if you if you skip past Facts. It, you're not see that's it. on that's on them. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely backwards. But it it doesn't I don't know, it kind of doesn't feel right when I plug in the interview and then it doesn't go with the flow of the show. I know what you're yeah. saying. You know what I'm saying? But okay, let, let's talk briefly about this. This are gonna this gonna be our intro. Here we go. Will Smith smacking the shit Oof. out of Chris Rock. What smacking did you guys think nice. of that? Watching it live was crazy because it happens and then I'm really like going all in on like how everyone felt. We all thought it was a joke. We all thought that it was planned. But then it kind of mutes it for a few seconds. 
So once it mutes, in my head immediately, I'm saying something's going on. This can't be planned. So then you go on Twitter and you see everyone freaking out, freaking out. Then you see the Japanese broadcast and you hear that was hilarious. You bro. hear Will Smith tweaking on Chris Rock. In my opinion, you settle it off stage. Shout out to Japan. I res- shout out to Japan. Shout out to Australia. In my opinion, you handle it off stage. You dis- he disrespected your wife. You didn't like it. I can respect you handling it your way, not in front of the camera. In my humble, in my opinion. You do it off stage. Isn't this so normal for the host to just go up? Like they're usually comedians to make fun of people. Like I it's agree so normal. More. And I agree. Of course, disrespecting your wife and obviously her hair loss is very sensitive to her, which I understand. Man, was I, it over the top? Was that over the line for Will Smith was de- to go up was, and smack yeah, him? It was the definitely. Thing, it was assault. Alopecia bro. is something that if you <laughs> are, it is over the top. It, it's assault. Oh no! What he did was wrong. Yeah. Alopecia is one of those diseases that it is more about your self-image than anything else. It affects your self-image. That's what hurts the most. Physical condition, not so much. Mm-hmm. We spoke, I spoke with my parents. A cancer, right? Hair loss with cancer. Yes. You don't joke about that because that's a universal thing. Cancer is one of those that's off, off, off limits. Excuse me. There you go. Alopecia is a self-image thing. And self-image, there's to, to a degree a little bit of leniency when it comes to jokes. Right. It's like you look at me. Right. You, you joke about my hairline. Let's say it's like I have to I have to live with that because I know that it's a joke. You don't mean it from a, a ill malice place. He starts by saying, Jada, I love you. Can't wait for G.I. Jane too. like it's supposed to be funny, a joke. Like. But I understand it's his wife. You can stand up for your wife. Just handle it off camera. Because then you tarnished what should have been one of the best moments, if not the best moment of your professional career. Exactly my point. You can't make it up. It's one of the more legendary moments for for a person, though. In the sense of, listen, I just have a lot of people who think that I'm a G. And on top of that, I just won the award for best actor. Yeah. Man, I thought it was some BS. And I thought Will Smith showed who who he was and how insecure he is. Because when Chris Rock made the joke... Will Smith was laughing. His his tone didn't change until he saw Jada, and then she kind of gave him those eyes, like, are you going to do something about it? Clamped up on his nuts and said, are you going to do something? Well, that's a bad situation to be in. I know you've been in it, and I've been in it. (laughs) Oh, like, you know. (laughs) No, but the thing is. (laughs) What I'm saying with this, though, is that even after the fact. Listen, your girl has to know a joke's a joke. If she looks at me and says, I didn't like it, I'm looking right back at her and saying, listen. Laugh at it. I was gonna say, what am I supposed to do? Exactly. Go up there and smack him. It doesn't. Like, yeah. To me, at least, it doesn't feel like Will is the one in control of the relationship. It feels like Jada. Jada she wears the is pants. like ninety ten. All in all, Jada Pickett Smith. I can't. I can't with her. The fact that she allowed the word entanglement to be placed in women's vocabulary and them to use it in the manner that they did was rude, foul, disrespectful for her to have him in the red. What is it? The red table table and basically (laughs) demasculate him in front of the world. Nuts. Like she is not the best person by any means i'm why being is, kind will, like bro so I been, like, it must be fire is it is it i'll not, leave it at that gotta be. it must be fire but how long they've been together like uh, even uh, if it's fire yeah. like 10 years later is it decades. still that fire yeah. is, like, it, is it not emotional abuse at that point yes definitely we gotta pray for will smith say will's one she, of the ghosts she herself humiliated will smith on a grand stage easily one of the more demasculating moments i've seen from a professional and of that sort. And, and after the fact, I was on TikTok and Jada on her TikTok made a video. I don't care what y'all say about this I bald head. <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> everyone, everyone was like, well, you should have told yeah, Will that. That's why, man, for me, it's just, it's not, I don't even think it's, uh, people are taking Will's side because um, I, I, I can My say. My girlfriend took Will's side. I, oh, she I did. was sick. <laughs> I turned down you, you told her, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if someone made fun of you, listen, I would say something, but I'm not smacking him. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> But that isn't that like what every girl is like. That's a dream guy scenario, like to defend me at all costs and to do again. Like I said, you can defend in a manner that's not on the grandest stage. That's why I think a lot of women have like these unrealistic expectations that if they ask that question, they should get the response back they want. Like I would Twitter had a field day, and the way he smacked Chris was just so like. Looked like out of a cartoon, like the way he smacked him and his body like went back, bro. It looked just I'll so say weird. This, I'll say this. If that was Kevin Hart, he's falling. I'll tell you what, Chris Rock ate it. He ate, ate it. He did eat it. He, he ate, ate it. it. Another thing, you know if he the Rock, to touch if the so Rock bad. or Dave Chappelle made that same joke, is Will Smith smacking him? Well, The Rock, hell no. Say The Rock, you hit my. He, he's not gonna smack <laughs> Dave Chappelle with how great and how respected he is. There's no way in hell he's smacking him. No. Nah. Dave Chappelle is so respected in the in the comedic scene. He's known as the greatest comedian of There's all time. There's actually a rumor going around that Chris Rock recently got out of a sling, or he's his arm has been like in a sling and he took it off for the awards. Do you guys also see how for the Oscars he has a performance tonight? Actually, tickets were forty six dollars. Chris Rock, after, yeah, Chris Rock. After the smack, over four hundred beans for a ticket. Damn. No, Capitalism, man. man. Yeah, that venue's about to be a lit. No, yeah. it's about to be a movie. It's gonna be a movie. He's gonna talk he's about got it content that's... for years with that smack. I wonder what he's gonna joke around about. I was gonna say, I was talking to my dad about it. Chappelle wanted to. He can make an hour long special on just the Oscars alone. Amy Schumer, Chris Rock, Will Smith. He could just have an entire hour long special on just that alone. It's crazy how detached from the world all of them are from. Oh, for everyday sure. life. No, definitely. Yeah. You have that much money yeah. just in general. No. Definitely. Especially when you've done everything that you could in your respected field. What do you really care about outside noise? So something else that happened this week is that we went to uh, the Elite Eight. We Riff, did. Drew, it was pretty elite. I, sorry. I felt bad. <laughs> I was like, once we made the, the plans, I was like, I'm going to have to look him in the eyes. For three hours. <laughs> Listen, man. That's next, cool. You, you know basketball. You do care about basketball. God forbid I want to be with the bros. But yeah, what, that's facts. But, <laughs> that's facts. But um, one thing that came out of that was a group picture. And a lot of you guys found out how short I was. And <laughs> it's funny as how reading the comments, it was hilarious. That's why I'm... You didn't be- want me there? I, no. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, you would have made me and Rip yeah. and Joel look short. I will never take a picture next to you. You nah, did it for over. your birthday. I was like, I can't escape this <laughs> shit. Like, you weren't even next to me, though. You were I'm, like... You were next to Joey, actually. Joel makes Drew and Riv look short. Yeah. Like you will make them. No, look I short. look up to Joel for sure. I'm six five. You guys are like six. You're six four. Don't give yourself that I'm extra. Definitely age. six. Now five. he's six five. Without a doubt, has six, been five. six four his entire life. I've been life saying I've been six five for the last like two or three years. You're bro. lying. I'm closer to six six than six four. I think six six now, bro. I'm tall as hell. You are. Like I'm mad tall. You are. I'm, I really think I'm closer to 6'6 six, six than 6'4, six, bro. You should like, measure yourself. I should. Go to the doctor, man. Get a physical. Now I haven't I had a physical you. in God knows how long. Damn. That's not be, good, bro. Your prostate's probably done. Oh, I can't win them all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
But yeah, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'd ever take. I was like, I don't know if I'd ever take a picture next to Joe if it's Drew Rib. I'm like, we'd have to be sitting down. Like the New Year's picture. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. <laughs> and I was like, it has to be something like that, <laughs> or like that a was funny. Yeah, I did see all those. Comments no, the comments are having a field day. Yeah, yeah, they were funny. Kevin Hart of podcasting. I like that. Yeah, man. That I've, I've, I've always, I've always had it. Come on, I've always. Oh, had that's it. always been in the. It's always been in the drafts. Just, <laughs> just waiting just, on it. Just for the when they know when they find out, then up the punchline hits. And that picture got so much love. Nah, it did. So yeah, much we love. We got like 800 over 800 facts. On Instagram. Yo, on Twitter, too, we've been going bonkers. Yeah, Twitter's been going Over up. a thousand past uh, me and followers. How, isn't it crazy how <laughs> a tweet that says you were wrong about the Spurs went crazy? Gets so much love. Yeah. It's like people love to see other people wrong. It's like they do love it. But they love they love seeing when people acknowledge when that they're, they're wrong. Also. Yes. Yeah. That's true. You so guys can have an apology video for, for basketball. Listen, I. I was I'm the not, only I'm one here that says you cannot count them out because they've been the model of consistency. I'm the only one at the table that said that, but I don't like to say that because you I'm know not what? apologizing. I'm no, a, we don't. We don't have to. Don't I'm have acknowledging to. that they were better than I expected. I am not apologizing. They're, for they're around the plan right now. Yeah, they're the ten seed. Let's not talk about it. Okay. All right, because I, oh, I know. The Lakers I know. Are Let's just say I'm thankful. Didn't I'm not going to be like on the 30 show clip later on national television. Yeah. Which was embarrassing also because Philadelphia and Milwaukee easily should have been that game. <laughs> easily <laughs> should have been. Should have. That's, that's your counterpoint? We should have been on national television? <laughs> they really, that is my counterpoint. LeBron wasn't even playing. Yeah, that's facts. Why, I don't know why the NBA just didn't make that pivot immediately. In the offseason, there tends to be no news. Fortunately for us, some news came out this week about some things happening. For one... The Detroit Lions have been picked as the team to be featured on Hard Knocks. Fun fact, this is Jared Goff's third time on Hard Knocks. In 2016 and in 2019, both times the Rams missed the playoffs. 2016 was his rookie year, though, to be fair. But now, his third time, 2022, the Detroit Lions, he's on Hard Knocks again. So they had the Ram- what St. Louis Rams on 2016. That might have been the first year. Might in have LA. been the first year in LA. I think it yeah. was their first year in LA. Are you sure him as a rookie he wasn't in LA? They recently changed to LA. No, oh, they changed you're their right, uniforms. You're right. You're right. You're right. They didn't change. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like that was one of the talking points. So, but then about why the, did they do LA and LA? Seems like couple, so uh, like close. Two years ago, you know what I'm saying? Like that was the first time ever doing two teams. I enjoyed I that. The LA cool. LA was a great five Jared, episodes. Jared Goff, he posted on his Instagram the picture of the Hard Knocks with the song. Eminem without me. Okay, yeah. that's hard. So he did that. So maybe, I don't know, maybe the Lions make the playoffs and shock all of us, right? Maybe. No way in hell. But, I, I mean, I think I can speak for Wait, all of us. Wait, bro, but saying. you were just on a podcast. Uh, oh, yeah, you were. We got to talk about that. Where you, the where, that's you, where you said that if the Lions beat the Jets, do we play them this you're year? done with the yeah, Jets? Yeah, we, we do play them this year. That, they asked me who's going to win. I was like, the Jets. And then, you know, they were trying to, like, counter it. And I was like, well, <laughs> if they don't win, I'm not a Jets fan. I yeah, promise you, I won't be. <laughs> we have to be we have to like smoke them. Didn't you guys almost to... lose to the Jags this past season? We did. Uh, yeah. So now we, we, almost almost did, we almost did. We almost lost. We also beat the Bengals, beat the Titans. On, on to the Lions. I think I can speak for all of us when we say the draw in here is Dan Campbell. And, and that's why he they got the hard knocks thing. Uh, it wasn't even between many teams. The teams that were eligible for it were the Panthers and the Jets. The Panthers. I mean, I don't even think they want to be shown on camera. 
Everybody might so be cool. fired. I think the Jets would have been the best selection. But but let's have let's let the Lions fans have their moments, right? Biased, so yeah. the positives about it, you know, Dan Campbell, they have a pretty good receiving room, young players. DeAndre Swift, we get to see. Yeah, and Jared Goff, third time's the charm. Another player who I'm excited to see is Jeff Okuda. He's had a struggle, a struggle up until this point in his career, really been unfortunate. Was put into a line situation where year one, they're not good. Year two, he ends up getting hurt. I might have that backwards, one of the two. And then now this year is where he finally is going to get his full chance to be healthy, really compete or try to compete at the highest level that he was drafted to compete at. I'm really rooting for him, and I'm going to be very, I'm, I'm very much so looking forward to seeing him in hard knocks. And they also have the number two overall pick. So yeah. whoever that rookie is, I mean, Malik Willis, there's been, I know, hype around him going there. That would make, that would change the whole aspect of the show if they're able to get Malik Willis. That makes it very interesting. Do you think they reach in the draft to make the hard knocks more entertaining? <laughs> you think they take For Malik me, at I two? Uh, no. There's been rumors and reports going around, but that's just this time of the year. Quarterbacks are going to rise. There's nothing else to talk about. So it's going to happen. Listen, but to, to do it because of hard knocks, that would be Detroit Lion-esque, right? I think, but no, I, don't I think, think that they could just lose one more season and try and get themselves in a position to get Bryce. Yeah, for sure. It's I don't like, think I don't think they're going to take Malik like Goff is fine. Goff is serviceable as hell. He's so serviceable. He's as good as Tua. And statistically, and he wasn't bad dreams. last year. He wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty average. But that's what I say. He showed He's that he Jared was pretty. Goff. He was He's pretty best. average, and he was bad enough that you still were in a position to have the number two pick overall. It's that's the crib. Beautiful. That's the crib. Yeah, they were competitive too. We talked about them a lot this past season. Yeah, and the 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 worst best team in the NFL. Yeah. Another NFL another highlight's going to be watching their offensive line. Believe it or not, you really their don't look forward to their offensive, offensive line, line is great. It's fantastic. See Panay Sewell, and they might draft another old lineman. Who knows? So, but I don't think they need that. We're talking about the Lions and some positive and some bright stuff, bright spots. But what do you guys think about them being featured on Hard Knocks? And what do you think about the rule also that you can't have a first year head coach and there's a bunch of limitations. There's a lot of it's like, yeah, there's it's, a lot. He must have known that I was going to say this because Lord knows I hate that that rule because I'm going to sound super biased, but you could have easily had the Broncos and fans would have been itching to watch that every single Tuesday. You could have had Miami on, who people are dying to hear more from Mike McDaniel. They like just that. got Tyreek Hill. These are two squads that fans would love to see televised, especially get to 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 get a sense of their personalities as well. So that rule in my opinion I don't like it, but I understand it. You don't want to put a first-year coach in a position where he has cameras in his face. He has to, another thing to worry about that on top of player personnel, trying to get acquainted with, with team chemistry and everything. So I understand the rule, yes. However, I don't like it because I want to see these guys who we are all looking forward to televised. Yeah, from a fan's perspective, I hate the rule. I think it, you know, having as many teams as possible and being able to show off as many good players as possible with the good quarterbacks and the entertaining coaches like Mike McDaniel would be amazing to watch 100%. every Tuesday. He's just such a character. Did you see in the coaches thing and like the reunion, he was wearing like a tank top? Yeah, he's so real. Like <laughs> he's, he's awesome. just such like, he looks a, like he's from Miami. He's such a That's dude's a dude, you know, like he's just such a like of the year. If you saw him, you think he like worked at Best Buy or something. You know, like he's just <laughs> such like a just like such a normal looking guy, but he's just a football genius. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like the rule, but I understand it. You know, especially if you're first time head coach, you're just learning. You're learning on the job. You're learning how to become a head coach, how to form relationships with players, other coaches, ownership, management, and I'm sure that most coaches and most teams don't even want to be on hard knocks just because it brings in so much. You know, 
so much access to your team in the locker room where you have a lot more privacy. Now, a lot a lot more teams are doing more individual kind of hard knock style stuff like the Jets do their yeah, Jets their drive. one jet yeah, their Jets drive and a few other teams I know the Colts do it. All the teams might do it at this point. Colts were the mid-season hard knocks this yeah. year and I, I wonder if they're going to run that back too. It. I, I hope so. I think they'll definitely yeah. be I hope a so. mid-season hard knocks again. Yeah, that was cool. I, I enjoyed it, especially cuz Jonathan Taylor was having such a good season. That was really cool to yeah. see them praise him the way that they did. That was like And he and he was just so humble. He was there wasn't even smiling. He was like as they're reading off how he like, had one of the craziest weeks ever. We know that the NFC North has gotten weaker because the Packers traded Devontae Adams. I mean, we gave our Jets prediction earlier on in the show. I mean, how many wins do you think the Lions can get? They're in a much weaker conference. I mean, this the NFC, you don't have many elite teams like the AFC. Like, Detroit could win six games. They had two wins last season? Yes. Six might be a little rough. Maybe like four I'm gonna five. I'm gonna actually say four that four to five yeah. seems reasonable. Six, six might be a little too. It's like they were competitive in a few games last year that just did not break the way that they wanted. The Steelers game they tied. You guys know me. I've called them the worst best team I've ever seen. I think they can <laughs> they can rally up six wins. I think that's their ceiling is six wins. I think that I'd pick them to be better than the Bears this season. I need I need Bears the Bears might be in last place in that division. The Bears have just done nothing. They sat on their hands and said we're not going to make any. It's a moves. shame that Bears fans have been in the comments asking us to talk about the Bears, and this is the first time we're talking about we them, and we're about. saying that they're the worst team. Yeah, they're 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 talk about. Unfortunately, true. I don't they're, they're, agree. Their wide receiver yeah. too is Equinemius St. Brown. But those are respect on 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 Mooney. D money. Come oh no, on. I love Darnell Mooney. Don't get me wrong, but when your wide receiver I two is, I, listen, you're not. And the wide receiver three is Byron Pringle. It's it's going to be a rough season. I'm really high on the Detroit Lions. I love their offensive line. I like their weapons. Wildcard? Jared Goff is a serviceable quarterback. He, I think he's actually falling into that underrated category now. No. People think he's complete trash I, garbage. I don't disagree. I also, yeah. God, come on now. He's not garbage, bro. He's not. I, I don't I don't. Listen, you're People right. Jared Goff like, is not like garbage. Heineke's better. You're right. He's, he is. Jared Goff, I mean, he, he's a quarterback that can take us to the Super Bowl. If everything around him goes, back. if you have a yeah, top five head coach in offense, like he, he's that type of quarterback. And then they missed the playoffs the next season after that. They did. Interesting. Nine and seven. Wow, missed the playoffs after going to the Super Bowl. I mean, it happens. That's Mostly a, it's a because thing. of Jared Goff's ill. Oh, but, but when I say a team goes Super Bowl and doesn't make it, the comments go crazy. God forbid. Unfortunately, because Burrow is leaps and bounds. Yes. You want to hear something coincidental? Um, I was in a Madden league in 2019. Um. And in that offseason, you know, we're drafting our players. I picked the Bengals. This was when Joe Burrow was not a high, highly named prospect. In the, in the, in the, in the league, he was a third-round pick. I picked him with a third-round pick, and I made the Super Bowl with the Bengals Damn. In, my, in his rookie season. And that's also not fair to Goff because he was number one overall pick. He had a great season that year. The Rams just gave him the bag. Everyone was looking at Goff like a top-ten guy. And just didn't live up to it, unfortunately. He's still who would have saw it coming though. Joe I mean, Flacco. you you can argue so you can argue he was a top twenty quarterback last year. Yeah, I would say like season. fifteen to twenty. Teddy like, Bridgewater, or Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Disagree. That's <laughs> that's not even a question. Come, I agree. It's close. They're, it's they're, they're the same tier. You yeah, know, they're, they're both they're guys. That, exact yeah, like they're both guys <laughs> that are just not going to elevate you, but they'll make you respectable. Yeah, except Jared Goff, unfortunately, only won two games last year. On a wor- much worse team. The, uh, that team was pretty bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Man, I disagree. hate this quarterback is a win stat crowd. That's a rich coming from you. So rich. I don't even count wins when I evaluate quarterbacks. This guy's gross. <laughs> oh, God. 
new rules in the NFL, new overtime rules. They're calling this the Josh Allen rule. Is uh, that what they're calling? I thought they it was are. the the Colts and Eagles. No, they, they proposed are, yes. it, but we know why they proposed it because yeah. the Josh Allen thing with the Chiefs. And we, we saw two sides of this coin, right? Last year in the playoffs or this past season in the playoffs, we saw the Chiefs beat the Bills because they won the coin toss. Then we also saw them lose to the Bengals even when they won the coin toss. But the NFL gathered up all its evidence, and they're like, in the regular season, this overtime rule is fine. But in the postseason, there's a disparity. Teams are 10-2 and and winning the coin toss, and we want to change that. So both teams are guaranteed a possession in the NFL playoffs. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I think it's absolutely brilliant. It makes the most sense. You give both teams an opportunity. If the first team scores, second team gets an opportunity. If they don't score, you you respectfully lost. But if you answer and you score a touchdown, then it's a ball game. And I can respect that at least. You give the other team a chance to score. That's all you can ask for. Can we, do you guys know what team said no? Because I think it was only like two or four. Probably I know the, the Vikings were one of them. Yeah, because I'm curious to see like what team said no, what team, what quarterbacks they had say no. Because that that would be interesting to see. You know, what do you think of your offense? Um, but we talked about this few, like right after the game actually, and. I said if they do change it, it should just be for the playoffs. Because the regular season, if you win the coin toss, you win 52% of the time. It's it's perfect. It's fine. It's 50-50. That's what you want to see. But the playoffs make sense. You know, you don't want to go out, even though we saw the Bengals do it, be able to stop the Chiefs. I understand, especially if I'm a Bills fan and I saw how great that game was. I do want to get my guy back on the field. But it changes everything in overtime because now if you win the coin toss, you're kicking the ball off. You have to see what the other offense does. Are they going to score a field goal? Are they going to punt, score a touchdown? So we know on offense what we have to do. So it's a good rule, but it also changes the landscape of things because I feel like most teams now, like Belichick kind of started in the regular season, just like the regular coin toss. Whenever he wins, he defers. And I feel like a lot of teams kind of copied that. But I think that's going to carry on into overtime now because you have a much better sense of what you have to do on offense. Say what, that's brilliant. And I never, I didn't think of it that way. You're 100% right. There's no reason to receive anymore. Yeah, no point. All the pressure's on you. 100%. I don't know when that switch happened. You said it started with Belichick. Bel- I feel like yeah, Belichick, Belichick was one of the, the first remember, first person I remember to start deferring every time he won the toss. Now, can I ask you? Let's say you score first, right? You kick your regular extra point. You're up seven. You get the ball back. You're you know you're the team that has to score now. You score a touchdown. Are you inclined to go for two? Probably at that point, it's sudden death, right? That's what I'm saying. So you probably if are. If I'm the one scoring first, I'm not going for two. No, if no, you no, score no. Second, you oh, score yeah. second is what I'm saying. It's, I probably. I think about it. I'd consider going for two because your team just let up a touchdown in your first yeah. drive. Your and now they just need a field goal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It all depends on situations field and how game. my offense is rolling. Yeah. If I'm like the Bills at the end of that Chiefs game, go for two. I'm going for two, and I'm running. But, if but especially if in the playoffs too, where Facts. it's do or die. Now your season's on the line on this play. Or coach is gonna, you know, some coaches are gonna be like shitting. Brandon Staley's gonna, gonna be go shitting. for it. I know every time. But I wonder how other coaches, maybe who aren't as aggressive, how they're gonna feel about going for two. Because I wouldn't want to put my defense out there on sudden death if I have to go up against Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert. Like, no. And he has to go and get, what, 50 yards? Tell you what, now you should have a little bit more confidence after you just saw Mahomes throw an interception in the AFC Championship game after getting the ball first. That's right? true. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe Mahomes is washed, guys. You call them Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I, I Listen, that is a fact. I love I, that. That's a great take. I love it. Just because of how more, stacked the AFC is. He's been to more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers already. He has been. It's crazy. Aaron Rodgers is overrated. And you think Mahomes is, too. Without a doubt. I mean, Mahomes is in year four, right? Going into going year four? Going to year five, actually. Going into year five? Year six, believe it or not. But he's played. Yeah, because he didn't going, play his rookie. Yes, yeah, correct. For sure. Um, year I mean, six, believe it or not. Four AFC championships, two Super Bowls. Not bad. He's been fantastic. <laughs> not bad. 
But he's going to show that he is a great quarterback who's just never going to reach the heights that people had the expectations for You think he does, never wins another Super Bowl? There's a strong chance. <laughs> There's a strong chance. I mean, winning a Super Bowl is incredibly hard. No, it is Without hard. a doubt. And you have a lot of things go right. You have to stay healthy. You know, contracts have to work out. You see Brady take less money all the time. And this is when my Bengals thing. And you, but, and you saw Mahomes decide not to take less money, take yeah. the most money He's restructured his contract, I want to say. Oh, has he? Or is he one of those guys that takes the signing bonus up front? I, he's going to restructure it as time goes on, I believe. I think he already has. But I also think in the future. Because Mahomes, Mahomes seems like the type of guy that would want to win over his money. Even though he took the most money ever. Well, he deserved it. Oh, I don't disagree strongly. Just because you take the money at one point doesn't <laughs> mean you can't restructure strong. it later. What the hell does that even Say mean? Say one more time. Just because you take the money at one point doesn't mean you can restructure it later. Yeah, no, that's facts. No, that's true. You saw Taysom Hill get like 140 million. That was it was just it, it wasn't was a real bad contract. I know it was it wasn't a real contract, but that's what I'm saying because you could sign it and then fix it later. You remember on. that news break? I remember looking at my phone. The Taysom like, Hill one. Yeah, excuse me. I thought. Someone fucked up bad. Yeah, like, no, definitely. Like, what, what is this number? Like your hate, your hate for Mahomes is ridiculous. I don't care. And when you the, should hate him. And when the Broncos I don't give a shit. And this is why I hate Brady. And this is why I can't stand you loving Brady because it's, it's, it's the same thing. I don't care. But honestly, I'm a I'm a Patrick Mahomes guy though. No, I believe you. I like Mahomes. I, I, I love sure. Mahomes because I thought one day he could be better than you're Brady, square. No, I love Mahomes. That's yeah. my guy. It's gross. So you like so you like ketchup on your steak? No. Like transitive property. No. Do you like ketchup on your rice? No. I don't. Mahomes either. does. He likes. We're not gonna say what Brady likes. So if you like Brady, you know what I mean. <laughs> yo, yo, that was a home run. Damn, property, bro. yo, that was good. <laughs> let's get on to the quarterbacks yeah, in the NFL. Let's do it. Let's yo, that meet, was man. fantastic. The top NFL quarter, the top quarterbacks in this upcoming 2022 NFL draft. We're going to rank them, and I just want to give a plug into Chris Sims. I think, at least amongst the media members, he is the best quarterback evaluator, and he released his top five. Is that because he had Zach Wilson number one last year? No, that's because he was right about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson in 2018. Nice. In 2017, he said Mahomes should have been the number one pick, um, so he has a track record of being right on quarterbacks. What did he have Deshaun in that list? Did he have him number two? He might have had two or three. I don't know. I'm not sure. I hope he had him too. I hope so too for his credibility. Look it up. But uh, in in 2019, which was a not not a good quarterback draft. No, in 20 yeah 2019 wasn't a good quarterback draft class. He uh, I think he didn't have Dwayne Haskins as high, as a number one guy either. I think Drew Locke was high for him though, which wasn't uh, you know correct in hindsight. But in 2020, he had Joe Burrow one, Herbert two, Tua was like. Four. He was four behind Jordan Love. Yeah, interesting. So, so his credibility is already in the trash with me. Not really. I mean, having two or four at that point was a hot take. It was definitely a hot take. It was time. a hot take. Yeah, and it's still a hot take. It's kind of poop, actually. You mean behind Herbert and Burrow? It's a hot I mean, take. I'm taking him over Jordan Love, but well, okay, that's the maybe that's like the one guy. Yeah, Chris but missed still, on, if but you're if you're off by that, the, the, the one and two marginal. were consensus. I mean, for yeah. him at that point, it was it wasn't. This, hot. There was, his 2018 list is absolutely brilliant. Lamar, Josh Allen, Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, he's nailed these quarterback at evaluations. That's why I respect his opinion. And his top five yeah, I was, gonna say. was five was Ritter, four was Sam Howell, three was Malik Willis, two was Kenny Pickett, and one was Matt Corral. Wow. Now, what do you guys think? I mean, who's your number one quarterback? Where do you disagree with him? What do you think about these quarterbacks? I'm I'm shocked Matt Corral's number one for him. I'm sorry, you said Matt Corral. 
is one. Kenny Pickett's two. Willis is three. Howell is four. Ritter is five. Okay. I'm so- I must say I'm horrible at looking things up. I can't find his we- 2017 okay. list. I can't do it. I, I just... <laughs> it's comical at this point. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Dude, I'm really looking. It showed me 2018, 2019, 2020. Like- 2017 is harder to find because... Oh my God. 2017, bro. It's like your first time using Google. Like, it's just Dude, every show bro, you can't find it. And the, then you told us last. What was the last yeah, week? The, the Miami University thing. That Miami. was terrible. Chris Sims. <laughs> look, listen. I literally googled Chris Sims QB rankings 2017. What am? What else am I supposed to say? Oh, I, I'll tell you this. The reason why it's hard to find is because Chris Sims in 2017 had a podcast with Adam Lefko on Bleacher Report. He left that and went to NBC Sports. And all those episodes that he did with Adam Lefko, you kind of can't find them on the internet. Interesting. It's very hard to find. So that's why they're, they're only, like, you can only find it for 2018 up. So apparently from this little blurb I'm seeing, he had Watson as his top guy followed by Trubisky at two. Hmm. Okay. So and most, Mahomes most at three. Mahomes. I'm assuming. I can't oh, see. Oh, I, oh, I, I only you. see a little blurb. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about these quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go. I was surprised, or I'm surprised here. I didn't see his quarterback. I saw his wide receiver list. We'll get into it probably in a little bit. Um, but Mackerel, number one, I'm I'm shocked. Uh, Mackerel was the fourth quarterback, I want to say, I evaluated going through this process. And I believe he's right around. I'm not really sure if he's four or five for me, but um, he's definitely, he's not one, two, or three. I thought Mackerel had a lot of, his RPO heavy system, right? It was a lot of quick, quick reads. It, it reminded me a lot of Miami's offense last season. Miami Dolphins, that being. I think he had the fewest drop back. I think he like ranked 120-something in terms of dropbacks mm-hmm. in CFB. Yeah, like he has the stature, 6'2", 212, ran a 4840. His first season in 2019 wasn't great. He only completed 59% of his passes. This was his sophomore year, but broke out in 2020 in a big way. Completed 71% of his passes, over 3,300 yards, good touch on interception ratio. Stab, uh, the stats dropped a bit this past season, but overall still good. But just looking at his film and... The system he was in didn't tell me that he was like I think he could come into the league and in the right system he could he could play well. I don't think I ever see him as a top ten, top twelve type of guy, which other quarterbacks on my list I think have that potential. I just see him a bit more limited. Oh, oh, you're surprised? We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, he is he only had ten word, ten turnover worthy plays this past season, so he is careful with the ball. But that also ties into the RPO system where he's not probably taking as many shots, and he's also a plus athlete runner. Had about 500 rushing yards this past season, so. I'm not. I'm not out on Matt Carell. I do think he's going to be drafted probably round two or three. I don't see him as the quarterback one in this class. Um, I do have a few guys over, over him. I, I told you guys like last episode or a couple before that that I think the Seahawks are going to end up drafting Matt Carell. Uh, it's probably it's not going to be the first round. I think they'll draft him in the second round. I'm not completely shocked with his quarterback rankings one because. I didn't do much evaluating on these quarterbacks to begin with, so I wasn't like, oh, Matt Corral's bad. He's not. I was watching Matt Corral yesterday, and he does have a lively arm. Like his He's arm, a quick release. His arm, there's zip on it. There's definitely zip on it. He has a quick release. I don't think his running ability is as great as um, Pickett's or Howell. Desmond Ritter's. It's, it's plus, but it's not great. Yeah, it, it's okay. He has a thin frame. I think you're right. In the right system, he can succeed in the NFL. To me, I watched the game versus Alabama where Ole Miss got blown out. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral played a pretty good game, and he made some high-level throws in that game despite the score indicating that Ole Miss got outclassed, which they did to an, to an extent. Matt Corral at least didn't 
fold in that game. He was steady against Alabama, which is one of the top teams in the country. You could say the second best team in the country. I just feel like in this draft class, Malik Willis, based off the potential, is number one. Because there isn't somebody in this draft class that I look at, like last year, Mac Jones was. I thought Mac Jones was really good. And I was not concerned about him and, his tra- and him translating to the NFL. I don't see a quarterback in this draft that can do what Mac Jones did. And because of that, none of their, I guess, steadiness and ability to be good from day one is good enough for me to put them over somebody with a high upside like Malik Willis. I th- I think Mac Jones would be quarterback two off the board in this draft class. No, I think Mac Jones would be, be the number first. One. No, he would be the I think first teams quarterback would still take, out of— I think teams are still taking nope, Malik because of the nope. upside. Mac Jones would be the consensus the thing, a, number one A big one part about it is that Mac Jones' numbers last season were, were outrageous. Yeah. So it's, it would have played a huge factor into him getting drafted. That even since— he even I know, still, but Mac, Jones, back Mac Jones had probably the best numbers in but, everyone agreed, last but season. Mac Jones— or, Which Trevor Lawrence was the prospect. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Numbers doesn't Trey Lance didn't throw an interception. As great as the quarterback class was, he still was a top 15 pick overall. Yeah, for sure. So we're looking at well, some we, of these guys. We had a guys, really good quarterback class. My, my point. Yeah. Neither, none of these guys might go top 15. That's my. That's exactly I, what I I'm saying. I definitely think at least one quarterback goes top 15. I, and I agree. I think that Malik— We saw Daniel it, Jones go sixth overall. If a team needs a quarterback, that will take a quarterback. I firmly do agree with that. Malik Willis, he's my QB1, but I have a lot of concerns about him. One, I don't think he's that fast. I don't think he's as fast as Pickett or Ritter. I think Ritter is, Ritter is sneaky. Ritter's yep. the best athlete here. I think he's the best athlete here. Malik Willis, I know that in Liberty there wasn't a lot surrounding him, but I really feel like it's going to take him a lot of time to develop in the NFL. And that's why, even though he has that upside, he has a strong arm, there's no doubt. But the ball, at least when I see it, it's kind of like, it's not, this is unfair. It's not like Josh Allen-esque. Like, when I saw Josh Allen at Wyoming, the ball flies out of his hand. You can see it's just on a string. I thought he with has Ma- good velocity. With I thought Malik he has really Willis, good velocity. With Malik Willis, it's more, he has a power arm. But it, I don't think there's much velocity or zip really passes. I, don't. I thought, right, I thought and he I'll, did have... And I, I'll say this. I think the two are synonymous. In my opinion, if you can, throw the, if you can throw the ball deep for, for yards... Nine out of ten times, if you need to throw it in a spot with velocity, you can. If you have the arm strength to throw the ball sixty yards, you can throw the ball. Well, it's different because you can throw it sixty velocity. yards down the field and put a bunch of air under it. You know, throwing the ball sixty yards on a rope compared to but, with but, air on it. But different. we've still seen some film with Malik of him throwing it sixty yards. And, his and, arm strength's and, not and a question, it, and it drops right in the bread basket. Yes, his arm strength's not a question. I think he also has good velocity coming out of the ball. Like I've seen him make plenty of throws from the right hash to the left side of the field, fitting a tight window. I I'm not really concerned. Like I don't think he's not a day one starter, right? I think he's going to get drafted in the top fifteen. One shock me get drafted in the top ten. I just think. Teams are going to be needy, and they're going to be desperate for a quarterback, and we're going to see guys either move up or just stay where they are and and take them. My big thing, I'm sorry if you want to say something, but my big thing with Malik is decision-making. We saw some times during the season where he's eyeing the defender, and instead of throwing off of him, he still throws the ball right to the defender. He needs to get better at decision-making. What team is desperate for a quarterback? Atlanta, without a doubt. I don't think Atlanta's desperate. They're desperate. I think, I don't I think, think Panthers are. at six are desperate. Because Pan- Matt Rule knows if he doesn't win seven, eight games, even still, they miss, they're they going to miss the playoffs. He's probably going to get fired. But Matt, but uh, Malik Willis could possibly save his job if he comes in week 10, looks great with Matt Rule. You know, that's the I only said, thing that could save him. Panthers need no linemen. I feel like if I they— I feel like what we're doing— I feel like Malik Willis is closer to Deshaun Kaiser. 
than he is to any of like what I would the top quarterbacks what I would, people want to compare his talents. What to. I would love for Carolina is for them to draft an alignment in round one, and in round two, if they really want a quarterback, Sam Howell. I love Sam Howell's game, believe it or not. I think that you look at what happened with him during his time in UNC. He lost his guys in Diami Brown. He lost his guy in Javante Williams. We know how I feel about Javante Mike Williams. Mike Carter, too. Mike Carter was there. He lost, he lost four a, players a, to the a NFL plethora last year. of guys. And last season, his numbers took a drastic hit. And I can understand where his draft stock would take a hit as well. But look at every single game. He was swarmed by the defensive line. There was not a game that he was not sacked at least once. This guy has amazing footwork. His ball placement is borderline great. Sometimes he tries to play hero ball a little bit too much, but he always leads a wide receiver, can fit it in tight spots, is more mobile than what people give him credit for. I feel like for the value that you can get with Sam Howell and for the, the way that his draft stock took such a hit, if he goes to the right spot, he can be a franchise quarterback. Sam Howell, to me, his upside is Baker Mayfield. I've, I've heard that comp a lot too. Which is fair they, because they of look, the stature. They look similar to me. Sam Howell, my knock on him is that he has this weird tendency to always pat the ball. And because of that, it made him later. Again, are you one of those guys that you don't like when a quarterback? It's not that I don't like it, but it's like, okay, we're at the goal line. The play is a, a is a flat to my tight end. I'm going to get the ball. Get the ball. I'm going to tap it once. I'm going to see him run wide open on the flat. And before I throw it, so I'm going to go again so and throw it. One thing I'll say to that, and I don't disagree too much, but I would rather a quarterback do that than have happy feet in the pocket like Baker Mayfield does. When the, when the pocket starts to collapse, you see Baker's feet just start to go a mile a minute. I'd rather someone that's confident in the pocket, that has their footwork consistent, that if, yes, he's going to pat the ball, I don't love that, I agree. But even still, I would rather you have perfect footwork, meticulous footwork, as opposed to being in the pocket, really start to show your nervousness while having happy feet. Mm-hmm. Do we want to give our top five? Yes, you can start. Yeah, I could start. Uh, should I start from five? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get anyone's feelings hurt. Start from five. Start, start from, from five. five. <laughs> All right, my number five quarterback. Um, I'm still kind of torn. Like, I don't know. I have these guys in, in tiers, and it's kind of weird just because we're only doing top five here. I'm kind of torn between Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter as my number five guy. Um, we we spoke on Matt Corral a little bit. I think he was he played well in his system. I think at the next level, he's going to rely heavily on his playmakers. Um, you know, maybe down the line, he could develop into something more. But I think at least day one, unless he goes into a system that fits him really well, I think he's going to struggle a bit. Um, but five and four, it's between him and Desmond Ritter. Uh, Desmond Ritter, he has the size, 6'1", 211 pounds, started four years at Cincy and really helped this program grow over the last few years. They, you know, when he first got there, they weren't as respected. And now coming out, they have multiple guys projected possibly going in and, you know, in the first couple of rounds of the draft. I really think he progressed a ton from his early years, freshman and sophomore season. He was a very inconsistent passer to his senior year, where this past year he had 65% completion percentage, 3,300 yards, 30 to 8 touchdown interception ratio. I think his processing is really good too and we also talked about his athleticism which probably a bit better than Krause you know I think at least in today's NFL you need to have some sort of mobility whether that is pocket mobility like I think for example Mac Jones we don't think of him as an athlete or someone who gets out of the pocket but I think Mac Jones in the pocket has really good pocket mobility and as long as you have one or the other but I do think Desmond Ritter could kind of get out of his pocket um, and you know is a solid athlete ran for 2100 yards and 28 touchdowns in his college career so we know he has the upside to be able to do it only had a turnover-worthy play on 2.3% of his plays, which was seventh lowest among quarterbacks. So he's someone who is a good decision-maker, only had eight interceptions this past season. Averaged up a target of 10.6, ability to push the ball down the field. Can improve with ball placement, um, but I do think he's a bit more pro-ready than Matt Carell going into the season. 
Um, I don't think he's going to get drafted into a place that's going to ask him to start right away. Like, I look at both of these guys, look at them as probably day two picks. Teams usually reach on quarterbacks anyway. Um, so five would be Ritter, four would be Corral, three is Sam Howell. Now, Drew, you talked about him a bit before. I was pleasantly surprised when I saw him because coming into this process and scouting these quarterbacks, really scouting for the first time, I was a bit lower on Howell. I thought a few other guys would be over him, but he impressed me. He didn't have the best 40 at the combine. No, he was around 5'1 um, no, for 45 seconds, 5.1 seconds. He's 6'1, 218. But he was a really good athlete. You know, in high school, he was an all-state baseball player. He had the all-time record for total yards in North Carolina as a high school player. So he came into North Carolina really being someone that fans were ruined for. He's played for four years, obviously, at his high school and set all type of records. As a freshman, he was phenomenal. 3,600 yards, 38-7 to touchdown to interception ratio. And we'll be talking about at least me. I like to see my guys go out, compete, and have success early. Because if you come into college and you're great, 18, 19 years old, I feel like that's going to translate so you have success early on in the NFL. Another great sophomore season when he had all those guys there with the Javantes and Mike Carters, Daz Newsom's had a, a bunch of pro guys on there. Um, and this past season, still solid, around 3K yards, 24-9 touch interception ratio. But what really impressed me, he, he upped his uh, rushing total to about 800 yards. So while he's not the fastest guy, he showed the ability to when the weapons aren't always there, you know, and he did take a step back in terms of the talent around him. He was still good. I think he had quick release, had velocity on his ball, though he got, got through progressions better than Corral. Um, but he's not quite in the tier of my top two guys. My top two being number two, um, Malik Willis, or excuse me, Kenny Pickett, and number one, Malik Willis. I think Kenny Pickett's tape this past season is better than Malik Willis's. But when I'm looking at the NFL and how great all the, these quarterbacks are, Malik Willis offers me more upside. If I had to get a guy to start day one, it's Kenny Pickett. I think he has um, you know, very good processing. I think his arm strength is good, even though Malik Willis does have a crazy arm as well. Underrated as an athlete and a really good decision maker with anticipation. He showed me plenty of times being able to have touch on the ball, get it to really any spot in the field. So I have Kenny Pickett at two, but if I had to start a guy day one, I would choose him over Malik. All right, I, I do like the list. I have a few disagreements. I, I did a top three, but I do have a top five. I'll give my, my, my five and four really quick. I have Matt Corral at five, and at four, I have Desmond Ritter. Matt Corral, for me personally, is just a little bit too undersized. His arm is definitely lively, but I can't, I can't trust him right now given his size. And, and given the, the talent that he had to play, I'm not fully sold on Matt Corral as the opposed SEC? to the other guys. In terms of his level of play and how he played, I, I think that he could have definitely elevated his play to a degree against one of these better teams. Now, I'm looking at Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter has really strong upside for me in terms of his athleticism. His decision-making could be a little bit better. I feel like for me personally, his ceiling could be what Dak Prescott really is and how what Dak, Pre Dak Prescott ended up being. That's his absolute ceiling. He has a great arm. It's just in terms of his decision-making, it could be a little bit better. And he's super athletic, can make plays happen with his legs. And I feel like that's definitely what's going to play a factor into him having any type of success in the NFL. Now, for me personally, number three, I have Kenny Pickett. I have Kenny Pickett at number three because— Whoa, whoa, whoa sorry. Bruce Arians is transitioning to the front office, and Todd Bowles is the new head coach of the Bucks. Jeez. That is pretty huge news. It is big time. Jeez. Sorry to cut you off there. No, that's all right, man. That's, that's huge news. Wow, I'm shocked. I don't hate it, truthfully. What what more does Bruce Arians have to prove on the field? And he's getting up there in age, too. This is just one of those things that he, his time on the football field, I guess, is done. You think Brady knew? He had, he had to know. And I, I think Todd Bowles is a good head coach. I think so, too. His first year with the Jets when we had a competent Ross won 10-6. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Leftwich is still there, right? Yeah. He's, right. he's yeah. still the OC. He's the OC. Yep. So, so let's keep going on your... All right. So number three, I have Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, for me, some some concerns I have for, for him is that, one, he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie. And this was the first year we really saw him blossom, and, and he wasn't a Heisman candidate. He had an amazing season, had some flashy plays where he is now one of the reasons why they're... He is the reason why you're not allowed to fake slide in college college football. I thought that that was pretty lame of them to do that, but there, it was one of the cooler plays I've ever seen. But being a 24-year-old rookie and your senior year being the year that you really break out does concern me. Now, you look at Joe Burrow, right? That's the one that you get thrown at whenever you're evaluating a quarterback that really it took them a while to, to get going, but were great. Difference is Joe Burrow won the Heisman. Joe Burrow won the national tournament. And he had the intangibles. He had the physical attributes to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Processed the game really well, which, which Kenny Pickett does have the ability to do. But... I do have my concerns with him being a late bloomer. And and for his draft stock right now, he's going to have to go to a team where he's going to sit for a few few seasons and then have some type of success. I feel like I don't trust him getting older and producing on a football field. I don't think that he's a day one starter. And so what? let's be realistic. What's the first year he's going to start at? What age? 20, 26 maybe? I don't like that personally. Now for number two, I have Sam Howell. Sam Howell... I've grown to like over these past couple of days, and I un- understand that's against contrary belief, but I'm I'm not overlooking the fact that he was fantastic his first two seasons at UNC. And I'm watching his tape, and I really do think he has great footwork, the best footwork out of all of these quarterbacks, and his ball placement can be great when he's not trying to do too much. I don't think that he is a day-one starter either. I don't think any of these guys are day-one starters. I want to get that out there. I believe that Sam Howell has all the intangibles to be a franchise quarterback. Ball placement, footwork, in terms of processing the game, decision-making. He is, in my opinion, the complete package in that sense. But I do also believe that because of the hit that he took this season, that it affected his draft stock, and it's understandable. But he was not in a position where his team was anywhere in a in a in a place to put him in a place to to really thrive the way that he did in his first two years. Now for me, number one, Malik Willis. I think he has the highest upside given the fact that he has the strongest arm, he has the biggest arm, the most athletic. Now I don't mean to say this as I think he can be Josh Allen. I just want to compare him for Josh Allen to Josh Allen for a second. Josh Allen was drafted on the premise that he had all the tools to be a high level quarterback. And when he was drafted number seven, teams had their concerns with Josh Allen. They weren't sure, given the fact that he he didn't put up the craziest numbers, still had like around a 50% completion percentage back in, in college. But he had the tools to be a great quarterback. Malik Willis has the tools to be a great quarterback. It's just a matter of him learning and, and trusting his guys. The way that the Bills put their faith in Josh Allen was a huge part in the fact of why Josh Allen ended up being the quarterback that he is today, on top of putting in the hard work, without a doubt. That all that is number one at the forefront. But you need to put time in with Malik Willis if you want him to be a great quarterback. Learning the game is extremely difficult. You can have the tools and eventually learn it. But if you learn the game and if you know how to process the, the defense, process the game, and the rest can come later, that gives you such a huge advantage. But when you have the tools, there are certain quarterbacks that you need to trust to learn the system. I think Malik Willis is one of those. I'm not high on any of these quarterbacks. Yeah. 
Um, Agreed. No doubt about that. Malik Willis, the upside thing, I, I think, yeah, he has the most upside. But that's because no quarterback in this draft you look at it is like they have insanely high upside. Malik Willis. I really like Howell, though. I really do. do like Howell. Malik Willis in this past draft with Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Jones would have been quarterback six. You can argue quarterback seven behind uh, Davis Mills. Because of that, I, I'm just not super high on him. All these guys have their cons, and I don't even really want to give a list because I don't know. that They're so close to me, at least, that I feel like if I rank them, people are going to get a bit annoyed at it. Malik Willis, I'm not the biggest fan of. Matt Corral, his size is an issue for me. I think he does have, he has the most lively arm out of all these guys. Desmond Ritter is the best athlete. He was in a pro-style system. For some reason, he looks up to Ryan Tannehill. So he knows he's not going to be the superstar quarterback. He's just going to run an offense, and he can do it effectively. Sam Howell, after his freshman season, he got a ton of, a ton of hype. I'm not using those players leaving to the NFL as an excuse for him. Josh Downs is a great receiver who was a sophomore last year, put up 1,300 yards, and he made big-time plays for Sam Howell. Sam Howell does get happy feet in the pocket. Sam Howell isn't the best at handling pressure. He does make really dumb mistakes. I think he does have a powerful arm. I think he cocks it back way too much when he does throw a long ball. He does have a powerful arm. There's no doubt about it. To me, he just looks too much like Baker Mayfield to me. When I watch him, I, I see a, a more athletic Baker Mayfield. And because of that, I just don't know how that can be a franchise quarterback. And with Kenny Pickett, I tweeted out that I have a pro comp for him. And a bunch of people were commenting on that tweet. And they're like... Everybody got it wrong. You know, no one guessed it right. No, nobody guessed it right. Kirk Cousins, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Tua, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Saying all the guys you Ryan love. Tannehill, Taylor Heineke. To me, Kenny Pickett is Taysom Hill. And I don't know how nobody Taysom else Hill. sees that. Yes. Break it down. I think Kenny Pickett, I think he's a more polished version of Taysom Hill. There's no doubt about it. I think he has a better arm than him. But in terms of somebody who I look at and I feel like the athleticism is going to be there in the NFL. You're going to be able to run. But is he going to be making high-level throws? Is he going to be insanely accurate throughout the field? I think the fact that he does wear a glove might hinder him in uh, certain type of conditions in the NFL. His hand size, he doesn't have the biggest hand. I think that's not as big of a concern as people are trying to make it out to be, but it still is a concern depending on where he gets drafted. If he gets drafted to a cold-weather town or city, that's something I'm concerned about. One thing I'll say is he did go to the University of Pittsburgh, where weather is a factor. So the yeah, fact that he right. still played and well he, there... he had the gloves. Exactly. I still give him credit for that. That's why Taysom I didn't Hill, him Taysom Hill, I don't think is a horrible, god-awful quarterback. I just don't I think... Mean, we saw with Sean Payne, he was able to win games. <laughs> Yeah, with but. no weapons. I think I think Taysom Hill. When I look, at least when I've when I've looked at um, Kenny Pickett, I'm like he looks a lot like Taysom Hill to me. Well, is his arm Taysom Hill? Taysom he has Hill, a better arm than Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill can only throw 100 mile an hour passes. Like Taysom Hill has no touch. That's my biggest. He issue. does have okay. no touch. Kenny Pickett completed 50 percent of his passes 20 plus yards down the field, which is would have been Fantastic. like top five Fantastic. in the NFL last season. I think I don't see it. I mean, he had like 220 rushing yards last year. 
And Taysom Hill does he's more of a rusher than a passer, I would say. He's more of a wildcat style of quarterback. It depends when Taysom when Taysom needs to do that, definitely. But Taysom is capable of running an offense and moving the offense with his arm. He's done it. I've seen him do it with I, the Saints. I think Pickett just has much more I think his arm talent is better. Maybe he doesn't have he doesn't throw the ball as I think fast. It, I think his arm talent is better, but I don't think it's significantly better to the point that the comp doesn't hold true. I really don't view him as this high-level quarterback prospect. I just think, Pickett? I don't know, I think Pickett's very calm in the pocket where Taysom Hill could, he's a great rusher, so I understand him wanting to get out of the pocket and use his legs, but I, I feel like Pickett just throws with better anticipation. He's better in the pocket. I think he just maneuvers the pocket better, like more looking downfield in rather than Taysom. doesn't. Taysom Hill went 3-1, and one, passed for 928 yards, completed 73% of his throws, had four touchdowns to two picks, and I'm not even including rushing, which he had. What year is this? 2020. And rushing, he had 457 yards rushing in four games and had eight touchdowns. I want to say he had like he had two terrible games and two like great. He games. had 12 in, in those eight rushing. Yeah, in so four games. In four games, he was he, a he was a cheat code. In four fantasy. games, he had 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. I don't think that you know. I know that because Kenny Pickett is a first round quarterback. You hear Taysom Hill, and you're like, "Oh man, this is a horrible comp." But Taysom Hill, when he got the opportunity, he definitely played well. Bro, but there's I've, a reason why Sean Payton went away from him. They got Jameis, who's talent more talented, better quarterback. It's as simple as that. I know, but you're making it out to seem like the twelve to two touch interception ratio, all these yards. You're making it seem like he well, could twelve be, total touchdowns. I, I know. Regardless, you're no, making it seem like he could be bonkers. He could be phenomenal. I mean, he had he had thirteen hundred total yards in four games. That's good. No, yeah, That's for sure. Great. That's, that is great. I, Taysom Hill to me is not like I don't think it's this phenomenal quarterback, but I think when I just look at Kenny Pickett, I see a lot of Taysom Hill in him. Do you think Kenny Pickett can run the way that? No, Jason Hill does. No, but and he's not as physical. Kenny, that's but Kenny's nowhere near as physical. Kenny Pickett can use his legs though. He ran a four seven forty, so like he's pretty, pretty fast, fast. But he didn't really show it in the game. He had two hundred something rushing yards this past season. But I'm really not on any of these quarterbacks, and I'll be frank, I'm not passionate about any of these quarterbacks Me either. either. Me either. Like disagree. last year when I was making the the list, I was very passionate. I was into it. I was sweating. I was well, staying up all great. night. They're fantastic. Yeah, I I wanted to talk about them. With this one, I'm I'm really not. I don't really want to talk about this. Howell, Howell's made me excited about it. To yeah, you love him. I do. I think that his game is... is it where, more, where do you want to see him go? Is it because he's the most handsome out of these guys? Oh, oh yeah, you believe that always me plays If I told you he's part Korean. I would believe you. Yeah. Really? Just, honestly, I just Googled Sam Howell, and the first thing was, what's his ethnicity? ethnicity? And it was Korean. I was shocked. I would love, because I know that he's going to sit for a few seasons. It's just the ideal. I think one. Uh, no, one. Excuse okay. me. That's, I know. If I said, he I said a few, few seasons, no. he might not get okay. any No, I don't disagree. On. But for the spot that I'm going to say, it could be a few. And it's Tampa. the ideal spot for every single backup quarterback. <laughs> you Tampa think they Bay. take another quarterback? They're so Trask the in a is, second. Trask did not show me not nearly what Howell, the upside of what Howell can be. I just feel like you could be in the same boat next year if there's and another Carolina, the way, And like, for what I said earlier, Carolina makes a lot of sense for me too, especially if they go round. O-lineman. Correct. Keep them in keep them in state. I don't see the Panthers drafting a quarterback. I don't. And who are they going to ride with? Sammy? No, thank you. Well, Darnold's they Carolina said they're going to add another quarterback one way or another. So they're whether it's a, I mean it's probably going to be the draft at this point unless they go out and sign some, you know, random like veteran. Yeah, you know. I think for me, the priority would be fixing the offensive line because it does not matter who you put at quarterback. If your offensive line's not it, you're going to be in shambles. I, 
they're just desperate because Matt Rule is on the hot seat. No, I'm, he could. They could start off one and four, and he get fired. Well, I don't disagree. Not even at all. But also, will ownership give him the? right I think it to doesn't matter who the they draft here. Still gonna get fired. I mean, Brady's the best quarterback in that division. Sure. Any with any of these guys, Mariota is better than them. At least right now, Mariota is better than them. He is better than them. I'm shocked you didn't have an on tape segment. Oh, don't <laughs> worry, he's coming in to break out candidates. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm dead. But uh, yeah, and and Jameis Winston, when healthy, like he's better than all these guys too. So it doesn't matter. I don't think a rookie quarterback is going to save the Panthers at this point. Ah, uh, Malik. I feel like Malik's upside could be the second best quarterback in this league and the and in the league. You know what I mean? In the division. <laughs> God, come on. Well, I mean, you know next what I year mean. Brady's probably gone, so he could be the best. He could be. I'm not saying much. You're looking with Darnold <laughs> and Jameis. Oh Are you laughing because I accidentally said Lee? Yeah, yeah. It was an accident. Come on. Let's move off the quarterbacks and let's talk about the top running back prospects right. in little, this draft. A little more exciting. Yeah, this I will agree. I think the running backs in this draft class, they're more. I'm more excited to talk about them than the quarterbacks for sure. But I'll just say it. I didn't see any running back that stood out to me. I'm that was like none. I'm gonna wow, disagree. That like no, not in that way, but like that. Wow, first round talent, oh, okay. Saquon level, Leonard Fournette oh, level. There's no top ten. You guys know, yet. Th- there isn't any running back here that really is there. A Najee Harris moved me. Um, there's somebody better. I agree. <laughs> Who are you going to say? Ah, no, okay. you like to know? But this, this, I'm saying, I think a lot of these running backs are power backs. Um, outside of Kenneth Walker and, and, uh, I believe Brees Hall, he ran like a four, three, eight or something like that. Or four, three, nine. They both have power though. But yeah, even though you're saying like Kenneth? Ken- Kenneth Walker, Andrews. correct. He ran a four, three, eight, but on, on tape, I didn't see that Kenneth Walker was like a burner. Like I wasn't like, wow, this guy is yeah. he has like a jet attached to his back. And with him, I'm lower on him than everybody else. Now because question. I'm good. Sorry. To me, he doesn't project as a third down back. He can't block at all. In pass blocking, he's a complete liability. Yes. He's lost. And he has limited pass catching snaps, which means you're a two down back. And at five nine, whatever he you are. He also wasn't given a ton of opportunity. You're right, but he, you know, I'm just evaluating him based on what I'm seeing. I understand the production was there, 1,600 yards, 18 touchdowns. You can argue he was the best running back, and he had 89 broken tackles in 2020. To me, I just don't think he'll project well to the NFL if he doesn't improve those things and he doesn't become a, a complete three-down back. The reason I'm lower on him is because he's not a three-down back. To me, he's RB3, and I'll just go through my top five. Number five for me Isaiah Spiller. You know, he's a tall power back, sneaky explosiveness. He has a great ability to bounce off tacklers. He is a three down back. To me, he gets happy feet when deciding what to do, but he did have the most runs of 10 plus yards in the SEC by running back since 2020 with 63, a thousand yards, six touchdowns. My problem with Spiller is that I, I think he doesn't have the speed for sure. To really pop in the NFL. Or the acceleration. Like you, yeah. could be, you could have not home run speed, but if you have acceleration, you could get through the hole quick. I don't think he has that either. Number four for me is Rashad White. I think Rash- we're going to take a quick intermission here to give a shout out to DraftKings, who sponsors the Pick Aside podcast. Thank you to DraftKings. And because of them, college basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win 
New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. I mean, St. Peter's, Cinderella run, they just lost, unfortunately, but... If you bet on them, you want a lot of money placing bets on them. New, New Jersey, Jersey coach. Man. New Jersey. Shaheen Holloway going know. to Seton Hall. Love it. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free. Pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three pointers? Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Shot White, I saw his tape versus UCLA and USC. He's the shiftiest running back in the draft class. He's so awesome. And if I had not put Kenneth Walker three, he'd be three for me. And I think I can definitely make an argument for Rashad White being the third best running back in his class. He has a patient run, running style. He's a great receiver. He doesn't have the greatest speed or burst to just find a hole and, you know, take off. Ran a four four eight, and he yeah. looked pretty fast he, on he, tape. He, he broke some big runs to me. I know it's a lofty comparison, he has a lot of Le'Veon Bell in this game. I think he does. The receiving aspect, the patient running style. He's not quite the runner Le'Veon Bell is. Le'Veon Bell was one of the best in the league at oh, one point. God. But there are a lot of similarities in terms of his receiving and just his patient running style. Number three is Kenneth. Number two, Brees Hall. Big, strong, the hell is one? physical runner. One is. Patient when running through um, gaps and holes. He's dangerous in space. He, even though he didn't like, even though it was a four three nine, I think he has the the best breakaway speed in this draft. He shakes off tackles easy. Seventy four broken tackles, six one two twenty. Brees Hall to me is really good. He's a beast. The best running back to me is Brian Robinson Jr. And I watched his games versus Cincinnati in Georgia. Georgia, he didn't play the best. I mean, you, his yards per carry weren't there, but. There were just certain aspects in that game where there was nowhere to go and had not had it not been for him being 6'2", 225 and making the conservative effort to gain more yards, he would have got stuffed. This is somebody that I think can be in a thousand yard rusher year one in the NFL. I'm that high on Brian Robinson if he gets drafted to the right team. The Jets, I feel like, are a candidate. I'm seeing a lot of Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller in the top three. I don't know why Brian Robinson isn't getting talked about enough. We know that Alabama is a running back factory. Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Mark Ingram. I, I mean, the list goes on. They are a running back factory. And Brian Robinson, to me, is the most physical runner in the draft. You can feel the toughness that he plays with. He runs with ferociousness and thrives in contact. He forced 79 missed tackles in 2021, which is the most by an Alabama running back since 2014. Derrick Henry had 76. Najee Harris had 71. This is some. This is somebody, Brian Robinson, who had more than them, and he was voted the top running back on the American team in the Senior Bowl. I know the yards per carry don't pop out, but I think, of course, running back is a position that is heavily reliant on the offensive line. Given a really good offensive line, this guy can be in a thousand yard rusher day one in the NFL. I think he he blocks well in pass pro. 
Um, he also is, for a bigger guy, can catch the ball well. I think he's really good. I really think he's really good. He's the best running back in the class to me. My comp for him was motivated Eddie Lacy. What's your opinion on that? Motivated. I, to me, Leonard Fournette. Oh, my God. Why you got to go and shoot for the stars? Like, I'm giving him a compliment by saying motivated Eddie Lacy. Do you think that he could be a top five back in the league? I think he can be a top ten back. Top five, because Leonard Fournette was top five at one point. Can he have a top five season? Yes. Okay. Maybe. Really? All right. Maybe. All right. I'll give him my top five. And then we'll save the best for last, right? Because Joel's the PFF guy, and I give him a lot of respect when it comes to the scouting. Now, for me, number five, James Cook. Now, I'm a huge fan of Dalvin's, and I look at James Cook, and his game is very similar to me. The one difference for me, Dalvin's a little bit faster. He's a little bit bigger in terms of size. He's a little bit, he just has a little bit more density to him. But in terms of open space, in terms of being a receiving back, James Cook, I don't want to say he's just as good, but he is damn good when it comes to open space. He is super fast. When he comes to open space, this guy is as shifty as it gets. And in terms of in receiving, uh, in the receiving aspect of things, he showed that he can get to the outside and still be a force down the field. I really do like James Cook's game. Now, for me, number four, Brian Robinson. I'm not as high as you are on him, but I understand the reason why you'd be high on him. This guy is a bowling ball on top of being a fast back. He is definitely one of those that the comp that I feel like is fair is a motivated Eddie Lacy. When Eddie Lacy was on the on the field, he ran through guys. He was super fast, super useful in the passing aspect of things as well. I feel like that would be who I would really compare Brian to. I feel like yes, he can be a, a, a running back one in this in this class, depending on the team that he goes to. But me personally, I like these other three that I'm going to name over him. Number three for me is going to be. Now, this is one of those things where I'm here and I'm sitting and I'm just like, ah, I want to keep moving my guy up more and more as we sit here. So I'm going to do that, actually. Number two, excuse me, number three is going to be Kenneth Walker. Now, all the things you said about Kenneth Walker, I do I do understand what you're saying. He's still fast as, as can be. I think that his decision-making in terms of hitting the hole could be a little bit better. But once he does hit the hole... He's gone, and he's a bruiser. He runs through tackles. He, he 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 does everything for yards. He does not take a playoff. He's one of those guys that you can, in my opinion, you can trust him to be a three-down back because every single down he's giving maximum effort, and I can appreciate that. I think he can work on his hands a little bit, but in terms of intangibles, in terms of hardworking, in terms of being one of the stronger backs, being one of the faster backs, Kenneth Walker has that. Now, number two for me. Rashad White. This guy is special. Ran a 448-62-210. Has physical attributes to be a beast. My player comp from him is Alvin Kamara. I think that this guy is fantastic when it comes to being a, a receiving back. And he is brilliant in terms of being patient and hitting the hole. His tape against USC was unbelievable to see. His ability after catching the football was amazing to see and just the way that he his vision on the field really did blow me away I do think that he has the potential to be a great running back in this in in the NFL for sure no doubt about that now number one is going to be Brees Hall it was every part of me did want to put Rashad number one but in terms of credibility I couldn't do that for myself I understand what Brees is he has everything Great, great through running through tackles in terms of hitting the hole. Great vision. 
can be a great pass catcher, can block very well, super fast, super strong. This guy does have everything. So that's why I couldn't put Rashad as much as I may have wanted to. I just think that Brees is just most acquainted to being the best in this class. My one concern with Brees is you look at the schedule, you look at his statistics, they're out of a video game. However, you look at three games that he played against ranked teams, and those were the three games that he did not rush for 100 yards this year. So that does concern me. When he played top talent in the league, in, in, in CFB, excuse me, that's when he did not shine the brightest. So that's my one concern. However, I can't ignore all the intangibles that he has. Do you think Brian Robinson's a better prospect than Najee? They're similar. Really? I would go Brian Robinson. I like his game more than Najee's. So why do you think Najee was a starter for multiple seasons? Brian Robinson rode the bench. He got touches here and there. I was going to say, with Najee, he got the Najee's senior season. Did he get touches? You, you let me he know. He got 91 carries. You're probably looking at, what, eight a game? Yeah, give or take? yeah. Because I think that Alabama value seniority. They were both, I'm pretty sure they're both the same age. Brian Robinson's a fifth-year senior. Yeah, but Najee Harris was there longer. I'll tell you what, they do What value no, seniority. No, I know they do, but it's not like Brian Robinson was a freshman. They, yeah, they but Najee, Najee was ahead of him. Brian Robinson came into Bama at 2017. And question, has, has Bama ever been a dual running back type? No, they usually have a guy. I feel like Josh Jacobs they have was a, a guy. Workhorse. Well, they had Jacobs, Damian, and Najee, and facts, Fox and all facts, the same facts. team. Right? Well, I don't know why they made that decision. They started Jalen Hurts over Tua, I mean, for, for the entire year until the national championship. I don't know. They make those type of... Why didn't Bryce Young start over Mac Jones last year? I don't Jones, know. Mac Jones was great. Mac I mean, Jones I know, I know Mac Jones was great, but Bryce Young was the better guy. I mean, there was the better prospect, of, you well, can the say. The fans wanted Bryce Young because he was the five-star recruit. I mean, I get it. What I'm saying is that I don't care about those previous seasons. What I saw from James Robinson on tape this Brian, year, Brian. Brian Robinson is enough for me to be like, I think he's the best he's, running back in the he's He has some really good film. Yes, he's very physical. He's a power back. I don't see the speed really with him. I think I think he I I think it's underrated. I do. I think he ran in the four fives, I want to say, four, five, eight, something yeah, like that. That's fine. When you're first fine. For his especially when bowling ball he's big. and you tire out the defense and they don't want to tackle you. That speed yes. starts to come into play. Yeah, he ran his forty time was faster than I thought his play time was or his game speed time. Um, he's good in like pass protection though. He's a big back, so he's gonna be able to take on blocks and whatnot. Um, my number five is someone you guys haven't mentioned, Damian Pierce. Okay, um, from Florida, 5'10", 218. He's built like a tank. He's someone that doesn't have a lot of carries on his body. These last two seasons, he had a hundred carries in both, so he hasn't really shown to be a bell cow back. And that's really my one concern about him is can he take on a role of being you know the number one back and the NFL is kind of moving away from being having one traditional he's your guy, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor type guys. I think as we progress, we're going to have more two or three system backs. And I think Pierce is going to fit it pretty well. One of my favorite quotes he had, one of a, a reporter asked him, he said, uh, why are you playing in, in the bowl game? Because, you know, he like everything was solidified. He said, why? He said, I'm a Gator, bro. That's why it was, it was just something Ooh, cool. Just get a little swag okay, to him, right? Okay. Um, limited touches, like I mentioned, but he averaged nearly six yards per carry. So he was extremely effective this past season. 100 carries, 13 touchdowns on those attempts. He could start and stop. I think he has arguably one of the best in this class in terms of being able um, to start to stop and then get back up with acceleration. Um, and he was also third in college football in missed tackles forced per attempt. Obviously, he's not going to be up there with only 100 attempts, but in his attempts, he forced, he misses um, or forces a lot of tackles missed. 
My number four is Rashad White. I know you're very high on him. Rashad White was not really someone that was on my radar as much as these other guys were, but Stape was very impressive. Six foot two fourteen. He has the size to be able to carry a workload and be a primary back. Four four eight forty, more than fast enough. And he has a really interesting story. He was had no D one offers, attended a D two school, University of Nebraska at Kearney. He then transferred to a junior college where he averaged 115 yards per game, just obviously a different athlete than all the other guys playing there. Junior season finally transferred to Arizona State. And while he only he had very limited touches his junior season, he averaged 10 yards a carry. So that explosiveness and that ability to be extremely efficient showed right away in his junior season. Then his senior year, the team really gave him the keys to the to the car, if you want it for lack of a better term. Averaged five and a half yards a carry, thousand yards, fifteen touchdowns, great acceleration, as you mentioned. He's able to get, you know, outside with ease. He's gonna outrun linebackers if they're trying to get to him in the backfield without a problem able to make guys miss in space, especially in the open field where, you know, you have to either swerve, you can't you can't maybe run them over, but swerve or kind of just get skinny. He has a very good ability to do that and really make those big plays turn, turn to even bigger plays. He, def, he definitely needs to improve um, in terms of pass protection, I believe, and between Great. the tackles. Okay. I think a lot of his athleticism is helping him right now, which is fine. He's still a young back, um, and he does have pretty good hands. So I think, if anything, he'd come in and be that third down running back, someone who could give you that lightning if you have a thunder type guy um, you know, in your backfield, which I think is kind of where the NFL is going. My number three guy is Isaiah Spiller. Um, I wasn't blown away by Isaiah Spiller. I think he was overall a pretty solid running back. Four-star recruit coming out of high school, so he's someone that has been on these colleges and NFL radar for years now. He was great as a freshman. Rushed for nearly 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns while also averaging also adding 29 catches for 200 yards. Sophomore season was great again. Junior season as well. He had the 16th most running back yards of 15 plus of 15 plus yards at 18, 18th overall, and missed tackles fourth with 56th. He's also one of the youngest players in the draft. He's not he won't turn 21 years old till August. So you're gonna get someone who, while he does have some carries on him, he's gonna be one of the younger players. You know, only turned 21 in August. That's like Jamar Chase type of um, you know age that he had this past season. I don't think he's quite on the other guy's level in terms of acceleration or speed, but he does have some pop to him. He has good vision, runs hard. Not the most elusive guy, but I think overall he's a solid running back. Not someone I really see in terms of being like a top 10 guy, um, but someone I think he's more than good enough to be able to start in the league. My number two running back is Kenneth Walker. Um, I, I think Kenneth Walker and my number one backer and it's here of their own. 5'9", 211, has a size, 4'3", 840, which is ridiculous. His speed score, which kind of which uh, takes like your weight and your 40 time. He was in like the 99th percentile. So being this size while still running under a 4'4 was, was pretty crazy. He wasn't a big recruit coming out of high school. He was three stars, committed to Wake Forest, played there for two seasons, um, then transferred to Michigan State in 2021. And that's what really put his name on the map, his junior season. He had was second in runs of 10-plus yards with 46, ninth in breakaway percentage, which is 15-plus yards, top 15 elusiveness rating. So all of the PFF stats and the advanced stats say that he's elusive. He's someone that's going to get out in space. He could break off big runs. His breakaway speed might not be as great as my number one guy, but I think he's more than fast enough. The 4-3-8-40 should tell you that. He has pretty good feet, um, patient behind the line of scrimmage. I think you might you might have mentioned that, and Le'Veon going to Michigan State kind of reminded me of that as well. Um, he could get by guys being agile, kind of being able to get skinny like I mentioned, being able to make a guy miss, but he could run you over too with that doubt. Put his shoulder down. He's going to be able to run you over as well. So I do like Kenneth Walker. I do worry about his receiving a bit. He hasn't really shown it. But he also wasn't really given the opportunity to do it. Now, who knows the chicken or the egg? Did the coach not trust him? Or was he just not given the opportunity to really be able to do it? But he's a powerful back with speed. So I think he's going to be able to translate well into the NFL. Um, and then my number one guy, I think you could argue he's in tier of his own. I think Brees Hall is 
arguably by far the best back. I know I said Kenneth Walker was in that tier, but if I could put one guy in his own tier, I think I think Brees Hall is a special running back. Right away, the first game I watched, just his ability to get through the line of scrimmage and just hit 100 miles an hour, taking three steps, is one of the most impressive things, one of his most impressive qualities to me. 5'11", 217, four-star recruit coming out of high school. He has the credentials. He really burst onto the scene as a freshman. Once again, something I'd love to see. 200 attempts for 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. Great sophomore season with over 1,500 yards, 23 total touchdowns, and a great junior season. He had a dominator rating, which takes... um, it looks at the team's total receiving or total yards and touchdowns and kind of puts down a percentage. He had 43% of his team's yards and touchdowns, which is just a ridiculous number to have. If you're over, if you're at 30%, that's nuts. 43% is crazy. He's able to stay healthy, played 36 of 38 possible games in this past season for 74 missed tackles, 36 runs of 10 plus yards. Great vision. I think he's patient. He could be inconsistent at times as a blocker, but I think a lot of guys, especially coming out of college can improve in that area. So I'm not, overly concerned but his acceleration his breakaway speed being able to make guys miss i think Brees hall is by far my number one running back i am i wrong or did i hear you right when i don't know which running back it was that you knock them for having too much of a workload and having too much wear and tear or am i misinterpreting that i said the I opposite think, yeah correct i think it was for pierce that he did not yeah, have pierce had 100 carries in 2021 and 2020. So he doesn't have a lot of work on his body. You don't think it's a plus that a running back doesn't have much wear and tear? You can see it both ways. Because that was the knock on Jonathan Taylor coming out of Wisconsin. Was he has 300, 250, 300 carries every single year. How long can he last in the NFL? And this is year two to be fair. But you could look at it both ways. You could say he has the ability to take 250 carries. Stay healthy. Be able to stay on the field. You also have the other argument saying. I don't want my guy coming into the league who has 800 attempts. So I don't really know where I fall, but you can make the argument either way. Yeah, I don't disagree with your list. I mean, Brees Hall is an excellent running back. I think you had he him is. at two. Or? I have him at two. Okay, yeah. I think he's an excellent running back. For me, I I just didn't have the most fun watching him. I had a I blast. had I had the most nah, Brees, fun watching. Brees' tape was awesome to sit. Through. I had the most fun watching Brian Robinson. To me, I, I think he, he's going to be stellar. He's going to be stellar. Where do you think he gets drafted? Rounds. So. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think he's probably going to be a third round pick. I, if I, I had to so. guess, he's going to be a third round pick. Um, he would be the best running back on the Jets by far. By far, you're being he, stop being than, rude to he's Mike. He's better than Mike bro. Carter. He'd be better. Than, I love Mike Carter, but he. I don't know I, if you love him. I don't know. I do. I, I do. I don't know. Ugh, better than Mike Carter. Yes. Off rip. What you, first why game? Why you acting like Mike Carter? Just go. Mike. Mike Carter is a pretty damn good running back. Okay. He is. I think he's he's good. He's See, good. he doesn't love him. That's he's it. Not. That's all I need to know. I, I, I will say this, though. I, I think um, Brian Robinson can definitely contribute right away. And yes. I love guys who sit, wait their turn, and then burst onto the scene. I mean, him not playing over Najee Harris, they came at the same time. I kind of like the opposite. Naj- I, I do Naj- like it, Najee, but... Najee Harris is somebody who was Alabama's all-time leading rusher. Can I ask you a question? I feel like people were low on Najee's hands also. Coming out? Yes. I don't think so. He had he had ridiculous reception numbers. Interesting. And I feel what am I thinking and, of? and we see. know Alabama, they they have a workhorse back. Najee, he does things better than Brian Robinson. For, he's a way better pass catcher. He's a better than prospect than Yeah, than you're Brian right. Robinson and that's why sure. he played over him. But Brian Robinson just turned twenty three years old. Um, which means he's not old. He's not like twenty. Najee was also 25. an older running back coming out. And I mean, versus Cincinnati, rushing for two hundred yards, one of the top defenses in the country. Two touchdowns. I mean, what he did against them, he 
He torched them. I'll go revisit some of Brian Robinson's tape. Brian Robinson's physical. He is. He's 100%. physical. That's his easily his he best attribute. You. Never mind. Yes, he Apologize. would. He's he's huge. Like it's too <laughs> massive. What if I get in front of him? I was thinking of Javante Williams. Javante, they had questions about his hands. Yeah, Najee had maybe like forty or fifty receptions. Yeah, last th- there's year. almost no weaknesses under his scouting report. Yeah. Najee yeah, was Najee one of the was better really uh, prospect, running back prospects in general that come out in the last few years. I think. I don't think like saying like you mentioned there's no like Zeke or or uh, Saquon. There's not. But I just think the NFL doesn't really view these guys as that, right? I don't think we're ever going to see a running back taking the top ten again. That's how like you could be a generational prospect like a Saquon, but I don't think you're going to ever be taking number two overall anymore. Or Fournette, who is taking the top five. The reason why it's hard. Think never again. I think. I think. I. I. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong too, man. I think it's going to be. Top five, I think it's like you think you think a running back's going to go number two overall again. It's possible if it's a Christian McCaffrey, they can go top. Okay, obviously in the next sixty years, maybe, but like I think it's very well. It's rare. I mean, it's rare for running backs to go that high, regardless. I know, but we had a few year stretch with CMC goes top ten. I was fine. I mean, that was that was that was a year stretch where there was great elite running back running back prospects. Najee has been one of the better running back prospects of the last few years. But he wasn't elite, and he didn't have the. Let's take a look at almost every single running back. Taken in the first round. Okay. I'll even go back to names you didn't list. Melvin Gordon. I'm fine with. He was a top three running back at one point. Todd Gurley. It's tragic what happened to him. I'm 100% fine with it. He's our generation's Bo Jackson. You have Bo Jackson in the sense of he got hurt, and it's an absolute tragedy. Bo Jackson. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it's a tragedy. I think the two sports. Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, CMC. These are all guys that were at one point had at least a top five season. Yeah, but every we, single we've one seen of them. that because you have a top five running back season doesn't translate to wins. But is that necessarily? Mm, a, a I don't bad know. Thing? I, maybe not all the time. But Todd Gurley was the best player. Ezekiel on, on the Elliott team. was the Cowboys went thirteen and three. They the lost Jaguars, to the Packers on the, Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. The, the issue, Jaguars made the AFC Championship in Atlanta Fournette's best year. They did. The issue with taking running backs so high is it's fine because the talent is there. But once they're good or once they've had the four years in the league and the contract is up, now you have to go and pay them. And after that four years, that's usually when the running back running back start to decline around like 27. It's it's very young, extremely young compared to all the other positions. So you take a running back that high, but then you probably don't want to pay him. You think you don't think Dallas regrets that deal? I didn't name Adrian Peterson. That's another one. Adrian Peterson's Adrian Peterson. Well, Marshawn Lynch. What you're, another what you're one. talking about is a different situation. You're you're basically Arguing whether or not a team is ever going to pay a running back big money again. Because if I, I if think I'm they taking, can go top if I'm taking a guy back. top five, I want him on my team for like ten years. Or maybe your team, maybe your you get lucky. You had a team's first round pick. You're already established. You're just a running back away, I guess, because you have an offensive line. Does a, does a running you back away exist? Dallas. I mean, sometimes it does. <laughs> Dallas wasn't a running back away that year. On the Bills, are you can, yeah, that you can was, say that was they, 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 they got hurt. 13 and 3. Yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott rushed for 1600 yards. Well, we're Don't talking about wrong, we're talking first... about okay, we're talking about elite prospects. In my opinion, none of these running backs should be top, should be first round picks. None of them. If Brees was a first round pick, I'm not overly upset. Yeah, they if should anything, not be, be first round Yeah, late 20s, of course. To wrap up the running backs, though, my sleeper is Kyron Williams. I like him. Yeah, he's he not. Bad, he's uh, not the forty. I want to say no. Right? He did. He had a horrible forty. It's like four seven, four eight. It, he had a horrible forty. The sleeper has to be Rashad White. Has to be. Well, he's this guy's out my outside my top five. I think he's the best pass blocker in the draft at running back. I like Zamir White a lot from Georgia. His injury concerns. 
that worries me. He had two torn ACLs. Ky- Kyron Williams, like he's probably not going to be a star or a three-down back, but he's going to, at worst, be J.D. McKissick. That's not bad. He's yeah, going to a, be a, a solid third-down back. I, I still can't get over You guys think there's going to be another running back taking top five? The way the N- this NFL well, is we going. We don't know. You, you, don't, you have no idea what running back prospect is going to pop out. In the next, I mean, there's there's a few guys next year's class years. like Trayvon Henderson. Um, I will John tell Robinson. you, I will tell, I will tell you this: that guy from Ohio State who transferred to Bama, number thirty-two, right? I'm blanking on his name. Number too. thirty-two. I don't know his Bro, name. His tape was crazy. Was he the running back Trayvon yes. Henderson? It might have been him. He transferred to Alabama. Like he's oh. going to be in Alabama next year. Oh yeah. No, he's he's elite. He's the next. He's going to be. He the running can back be one a top year. fifteen pick. He's elite. Tooth Borland. Is that his name? No. Trayvon Henderson was at Ohio State. He's ridiculous. Don't don't rely on yeah, me. Yeah, it's Trayvon Henderson. Yeah. yeah. Don't rely on me. Tra- he's a dog. Bijan Robinson he from had, Texas bro, is a he dog. He had 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, 6.8 yards. He, per he's, he's a fr- he might be a freshman, actually. He might be 2024 he, class. Bro, yeah, he is a fr- he was a freshman. Redshirt? No. Can you tell? Freshman. Oh, so he's freshman. a 2024 uh, class. 5'10", okay. 2'10". I didn't know he transferred to Bama. Yes. Dude, his tape was amazing. No, Bama got an absolute superstar. Nah, bro, he didn't be... transfer to Bama. He's in Ohio State. He's going to be there. Well, who would I see? From I saw... 24-7 Sports, it says it right here. Ohio State football, Ryan Day has high expectations for running back Travion Walker five hours ago. Travion gotta... Henderson. Oh, my Travion bad. Henderson, yeah. Jameer Gibbs. Apologies oh. from Georgia Tech. He's yeah. also another really Travion good one. Henderson, I'd, I'd be comfortable taking him top 15. He is a monster. Five-star prospect and the nation's number one ranked running back. No, Henderson's a stud. An absolute stud. Yeah, I love this him. 2023 class with the running backs are a lot better than this class. Yeah. Moving on to the next segment, we're going to talk about wide receivers. The now. fun segment. Been waiting on Had this Had a one. blast doing this. So, wide receivers, top five. I'll get them out the way right now. Christian Watson, to me, is number five. Um, I love his size. I love his speed. Because he played at North Dakota State, I feel like the offense limited him a lot. It's a run-first team. It was like that with Trey Lance. And now that Trey Lance, who was a top quarterback prospect, is gone, they're even more run-heavy. The tape that I was able to get my hands on, Christian Watson didn't have much action receiving because he wasn't targeted because of how the offenses ran. He can take sweeps to the house. He takes the top off the defense. If I was able to see more tape of him, Getting targets and getting a lot of the load. You're calling Larry Fitzgerald. I probably have him higher here, but because <laughs> there was limited visibility in terms of what I could see from him, I have him here. But his physical traits, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the better receivers in his draft class. He's six that, five to eleven is crazy. He's yeah. that he's six four. But yeah, I, I have him listed here six yeah. five. Excuse he's me. that much of a difference maker. I think in terms of what he brings physically. Number four is Drake Linden. He has prototypical wide receiver number one size, 6'4". He got injured, so he didn't run a 40 time. He didn't run a 40. He has an elite catch radius. I'm not doubting that. Daniel Jeremiah said that with him. It's like 50-50 balls are more like 90-10. I don't Yeah, I I agree with that. I I mean, Drake Linden is just crazy. I mean, the catches he can make, the way he can contort his body is next level. My biggest concern is that I don't think he's the most explosive athlete. I think he Don't does. Disagree. He's not somebody who can't separate. He can separate, definitely. Can. But he's not an explosive athlete. To me, he's comparable to a Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's a better athlete than Michael Pittman Jr. He's a more fluid one. He did play basketball. He's more physical. Yeah, 
I, I think he does have similarities to Michael Pittman Jr., but my concern for him is that he's not the best athlete. You don't like the Mike Evans comp? No, I don't. I don't. I, I think Mike Evans was the top seven pick, and, and he made Johnny Manziel look like the best quarterback Drake, in the draft. Drake London could easily be a top ten pick. He could be, but Mike Evans made Johnny Manziel a first-round pick. Being considered to get taken second overall, everybody remembers. So, oh, everybody, everybody remember, remembers Manziel in those Texas A&M years. Manziel. It was Mike Manziel. It was Mike Evans who was catching all those ridiculous. Mike Evans passes. was absolutely phenomenal in college. I'm not going to disagree, yeah. but throw some respect on Johnny. Number three, come on, it's Johnny swiftly off. Number Johnny three is Traylon Burks. I like it. He's physical. He hauls contested catches with ease. He does have great hands, and he high points the ball well. But I just saw a lot of work on the inside, and there are some graphs that show that he's very efficient um, against coverage, like press coverages, but really he didn't have much reps in him. He lines up in the inside a lot. He has a lot of free releases. He lined up in multiple areas at running back on the outside, on the inside. It was mostly on the inside. I thought most of his productivity came off of Pat came off of passes that he didn't have to run a lot for, like in terms of route running. I don't know how complete his route tree is. Don't disagree. He takes a while to accelerate. And we saw in his 40 time that the speed wasn't there. And when I watched him on tape, I didn't look at him and be like, this guy takes the top off the defense. He is super fast. And I think the 40 time reflected that once he does get in space, he's a bit dangerous because of his ability to, make a tackler miss with a stiff arm and, you know, just out physical them. He's strong, dude. But Traylon Burks to me is, he's good. I like him a lot. He's versatile. I have more concerns about him, his route running at the next level than I do Drake Lendon's. I agree. Number two is Jamison Williams. I think Jamison Williams Would have liked to see it the other way, but... He's the best deep threat in his draft. There's no doubt about it. I, I think if he didn't tear his ACL... He has an argument for wide receiver number one. He does have a lean frame, but it's not as lean as Devonta Smith last season. You can argue he's just as fast as Jalen Waddle. I mean, what I see from Jamison Williams. Probably faster than Waddle. The ability to have different gears. It's like he runs, he runs a 4-3-8 when he first gets the ball. Then he like goes to like a 4-2. He's got nitro boosters. He has a jetpack on his back whenever he yep, runs. Fair. I don't know if his route running is the best. He's not going to be somebody in the NFL that catches contested balls. There was a lot of times where he had the opportunity to. He never hauled them in. But because he can take the top off the defense, I feel like it makes him a threat in screens and RPOs, just sending him out deep. Jamison Williams is really good. And he does have the ability to bounce off of tacklers because he is so fast. And he is very shifty. To me, the best wide receiver is Garrett Wilson. The way he runs routes, it's uh, not um, it's janky, like it is janky. It looks like he's dancing. Yeah, freestyle. It, it's janky. It's freestyle. He, he runs routes janky, but it works for him because he's so physically gifted, athletically gifted. I think his hands are really good. He's another one that I don't think, in terms of contested catches, he didn't show much of that on tape. Really, at a high level. I thought he did really not like job. not like a Drake London. Not not it's like not as physical as London or Burks. Yeah, no. Against no. Michigan, he made some impressive contested catches. 
I think the best trait about Garrett Wilson is his ability after the catch. Fair enough. I feel like he makes defenders miss with his shiftiness. Makes him look silly. He's physical too. Yep. And you can play him in different areas. Garrett Wilson, to me, I had the most fun watching. I think his tape was the best. Easy. And I know some guys that I missed, you know, Chris Olave. I like Chris Olave a lot. And I think in the right situation, he can thrive. Um, Somebody I didn't talk about, Jahan Dotson. I'm not high on Jahan Dotson. And uh, there's some sleepers out there like Khalil Shakir from Boise State who has been really good too. I've watched his tape. He shows promise, but these are my top five. Garrett Wilson, Jamison, Burks, Linden, and Watson. That's my five. And Mechie, any feeling towards him? I think he's okay. Okay. Are you want me to go? Good. All right, so honorable mention, Christian Watson. Got to give him that respect. Everything you said is 100% true. He has the physical abilities to be great. His versatility as a wide receiver is also something that if I'm an NFL team, I'm definitely taking a look at. But his opportunity, given the fact that his quarterback was not the greatest since uh, Trey Lance had moved to the NFL, his opportunities were limited. So that's why his stock took a hit. But he definitely has the intangibles to be a solid wide receiver. So I have him at number six, honorable mention. Number five for me, Chris Olave. Now, Olave... His tape was very hit or miss for me because there were some moments where I watched and I'm thinking, wow, this guy is a great route runner. His speed is fantastic. But then there were some times where I felt like he relied on his speed a little bit too much and I was getting upset. But then there was moments where he was open, getting open, and and Stroud was just not hitting him when he was when he was getting open in space. That's some hot takes about Stroud. You were texting he was, me. <laughs> he was pissing me off. I'm going to be honest with you. He just escaped the pocket too soon, in my opinion, too many times, and then it blew opportunities with Olave down the field. And so, I, yes, I was getting angry with, with Stroud for sure. Maybe I was being unfair given the fact that he is a freshman and he had unbelievable yeah. stats. Yeah. But I think Olave, given he's drafted – in a great situation. If he's on Kansas city, I think he can put up a thousand yards given his speed, given his, the attributes that he has, his, his route running abilities. He could put over a thousand yards with Kansas city. That's the only team that I'm going to give him that benefit of that because he could be the wide receiver one in that, in that system. Now for me, number four, Traylon Burks. My comp for him is AJ Brown. I feel like I look at Traylon Burks, one of the more versatile, one of the more physical wide receivers in this quarter, but in this wide receiver draft, excuse me, and I say A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown, when I watch him play football, there is no play that I don't think that he can't grip because he has the physical attributes to do so. And he is very he, he is so quick with the ball and his decision-making when he has the ball in his hands. I look at Traylon Burks, and I, I feel like something similar can happen with when he has the ball in his hands. Speed is not a huge issue for me personally. I look at his tape against Alabama. He was absolutely fantastic. That's his game that you got to look at and think, if this is who I'm going to get as a wide receiver, I'm 10 out of 10 okay with that every single time. I think his big playability, his ability to go up over the top, you mentioned his physicality is something that stands out to me 100%. But the fact that you can play him out of the backfield, he has a Debo Samuel type of vibe to him as well, is something that I really look at and I would love to have him on my football team. Number three, I have Drake London. Now, you didn't like the Mike Evans comp, and it's understandable. Seven straight, eight straight, whatever it is, seasons in a row of over a thousand. We're getting into a tier where he's a Hall of Famer. So if you're going to compare someone to Mike Evans, he better be, live up to that expectation. And he's earned that. But I do look at his physical attributes, 6'5", 200, over 200 pounds. This guy, his catch radius is absolutely insane. 
throw it up. He There's a high chance he's going to catch the football, but it is dependent on where he gets drafted. I think that his route running is not the best, but I don't think it's bad enough where I'm concerned with, with him just being an over-the-top type receiver. He has the physical attributes. He's still fast enough. This guy is going to be great wherever he goes. Number two for me is actually Garrett Wilson. Now, you mentioned it. I agree 100%. He had the best tape to watch. But I think that my number one guy, Jamison Williams, is just more of the big play type receiver. And in the NFL, where teams are absolutely starving for a player that has big play abilities, Jamison Williams is going to be put in a situation where he's going to be drafted and he is going to be the best receiver in this draft. I look at Jameson Williams. He has nitro boosters for legs. He is so damn fast. Route running, I feel like it's being a little bit undersold. I feel like his route running is is still really good. His ability to stop on a dime is very good. But most importantly for me, I look at his speed and his over-the-top abilities, and there's no one on his level. Him in space, there's no one that's catching him. If he gets the ball in his hands, there's a strong chance that he could score a touchdown. It's true. If he gets drafted to L.A., this guy is going to be a potential top five receiver in the NFL. You pair him with Herbie, that big arm, and his ability to take off, take off the top, Jameson Williams could be a top five wide receiver in the NFL within three years. I love the Chargers fit. And according, according to Dane Brugler, who writes for The Athletic, a lot of teams consider Williams the number one wide receiver in the draft. And think about it before the, before the 20 CL. On every single board, he was the number one receiver. Injury or not, I look at Jameson Williams as the locked and loaded best receiver in this class. He's a stud. I love Jameson Williams, too. And, and Garrett Wilson, don't get me wrong. I, I kind of glossed over him because I got so antsy with Jameson Williams. But his route running is fantastic. His ability to freestyle a route is great. His ability after the ball is in his hands is straight up wow. I look at him and I see glimpses of, of Odell. I see the route tree of a Chris Godwin. I think this guy does have the intangible to be a great receiver. No doubt about it. I just think in terms of big play and what the NFL is nowadays, Jameson Williams is my guy. Love Jameson Williams too. Um, so my top five, I would say my top four guys are all, I think have the potential to be wide receiver ones on teams. Right. No so I'm not going to argue if you have a guy at four and I'm two, one, three, whatever you're done. Um, <laughs> what is he doing over here? You don't want to know. <laughs> Is he licking his lips or something? Oh, man. Sicko. Something like that. Um, <laughs> my number five guy, I'm still not completely sold on. There's a few guys that I feel like could change depending on these next few weeks go. But the one guy I want to shout out is George Pickens. Georgia, five-star recruit, has battled injuries really these last few years. But 6'3", 200 pounds, ran a four four seven. He has all the physical attributes you could possibly want. Went to Georgia, obviously a highly touted recruit coming in. And he was expected to be their wide receiver one. Unfortunately, he dealt with injuries the past couple of seasons. Towards ACL in March of this past year, only played in a couple games, barely played. He did play in the national championship game. He had one reception for 50 yards, really took the top off the Alabama defense, which is something he's able to do. And pairing that with just his size and his ability to go up and catch the ball, he's someone that I'm very interested to see where he gets drafted because if he does land in a spot that's going to utilize his skill set correctly as a true X wide receiver, which I think not utilize his skill set correctly, but rather quoted team that's going to be able to have a quarterback get him the ball downfield and really utilize his speed and size combination. I think he'll probably be a second round pick is my guess. Maybe he gets into the first in those later picks. Um, but let's get into the top four. I think these are all the top four guys in this class. 
all of them are phenomenal. Number four for me is Jamison Williams. I think oh my Williams Lord, has mercy, Joel. the best speed in the class. His play speed is a 10 out of 10. Said you were the best. What are you doing? He's a, a guy who, if he ran, probably would have ran in the low four threes. His route running is good. I don't think it's great. His hands are good. Don't think it's great. And his catch radius or his um, contested catches is something that I do struggle with. So because he's not making spectacular one-handed grabs, he doesn't have great hands? No, I think his hands are good. I don't think they're great is what right, I said. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. 6'2", 180. I would like to be a little bit bigger, but I think his size and speed combination is more than good enough. He was at Ohio State his first two seasons. Really didn't get any burn there. To be fair, he's behind three guys that might go in the first round with JSN, who's going to be a first-round pick next year, maybe the best receiver in the class. He's a freak. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So he was kind of buried in the depth chart, but goes to Alabama, really showed out 79, 15, 72, and 15 touchdowns this past year, averaging nearly 20 yards per reception. I mean, James Williams is a stud, and 1,300 of his 29 yards, excuse me, 1,329 of his 1,561 yards came when he was deemed open. So he's not someone that is going to go up and make it that many contested catches, which is something I'm a bit worried about. He only had four contested catches the entire season, so the tape kind of matched up with the statistics. But he's ridiculously fast. He doesn't fight through contact as much, which isn't surprising. He's only 180. But being able to be that fast at 6'2", and just the way the NFL is, he's going to be a top 15 pick, I think. I, I would love the Chargers. That's really going to utilize his skill set correctly. Keenan Allen getting up there in age. Mike Williams had just resigned, But even still, having another weapon for Herbert when that Chargers team is, is already so loaded and it's almost like a luxury pick, even though they could use probably a defensive lineman, um, is something that makes sense because he's going to translate to wins right away. Um, that was you my think number. They need a defensive lineman. They need a linebacker and no. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying. Interior defensive. Yes, interior. Line. Yeah, Correct. not edge. Interior mm-hmm, defensive mm-hmm, lineman mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so Jameis the number four. Listen, these guys are all tier one to me. So I know he's your number one. He was your number two. He's your number four. This guy trailing. Stop apologizing, not, man. Nah, you can Stand apologize. Stand on your two, nah, on your damn nah, two feet. No, because nah, I you think you should apologize. I think it's important to realize that just because I have one guy four doesn't mean I'm low on him. Just because you want to kiss Traylon Burks does not mean that he's better than James. Can I get Williams. through my list? Maybe Traylon Burks isn't even number one. He's, he is number. Maybe one. he's number three. No way. Getting to number three is Drake London. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew number it. Number three, Drake London from USC. 6'4", 220, an absolute mammoth of a man. He's yes. just going to go up and get mammoth. the ball physical. <laughs> yes, but, he's uh, huge. Michael mentioned it when we were talking to him inter- on his interview. I think <laughs> I think is That was the weirdest transition what? ever. What? Because, no, because I drank, I drank out of a straw <laughs> after saying he's huge. This guy is Drew, sick. Drew was like this. He was like, oh, He's huge. I was laughing. This guy's a sicko. Put him in jail. God forbid. Now I have to somebody, hide. Somebody, somebody, hide drinking water. Put that on no context. Pick a side right there. <laughs> no context. Pick a side. Don't do that to me, man. Please, no context. If you do that to me, I'm coming after you. I'm They're reporting your it. page. They gotta do it. No uh, context. Pick a side. Has no context, that. man. God forbid you, you you have a straw and you try to save the environment with a hydro flask. Yeah, God forbid. You're sus, apparently. You just want something nice and cold down your throat. No problem. My God. I'm um, sick. <laughs> but Drake London, let's get into him. 6'4", 220. Uh, like I've mentioned multiple times, came in as a freshman. was really impressive. 39 receptions, 560 yards, and five touchdowns. Great against press. Had an 88.5 receiving grade against press, according to PFF. He's someone that is very underrated when it comes to that. I think his release, especially being 6'4", 6'5", he has extremely quick feet for his size. He's able to separate not only at the line of scrimmage, but also at the top of routes as well. So he's going to be able to create separation with his size and athleticism, but also with technique too. He had 20-plus yard press. (laughs) 
Come on, bro. Are you done? Oh, come I, on. I, I what do you do mean? Nothing. Come on, bro. What do you mean? over here moaning what in my you, ear. Like, what do you want me to what say? You said it, moan, bro. I didn't moan. You did something. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What's your name on, 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 on NBA Live? Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. On NBA Live? What's your name? Richard Jefferson, Kendrick Perkins. Oh, who was on the show? Yes, that she got caught crazy. That NBA she, Today? No. God, whatever it is, you it don't know her Kenneth name. Parker, was it? No, damn it! Rose, Come on, guys. Rose I needed you guys. Rose Gold. No, go ahead. Yeah, Give your wire. I know you're talking about Chine. There we go. That's yeah, the no, one. That, that was a nuts uh, little snippet there. Um, she, she, <laughs> yeah. And Parker's like, what? <laughs> Parker's looking her so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was bad funny. Um, all right, we're getting back into Drake London. Yeah, Are you going, done? Okay, going. my fault, bro. I've got yeah, a bit of an interrupted once or twice. No, this yeah. guy has been on one. Uh, to say the least. Be professional. Okay. Be professional. We have a professional company over here moaning. we got to <laughs> make this R-rated this episode. Jeez. All right, Drake London. What was a bird noise? <laughs> a bird noise? I've yes. never heard a bird make that noise in my life. Do you don't study birds. You do? What's your favorite bird? Um... Can't Mocking, even name one. Mockingbird. Thank God. Mockingbird. Thank God. Okay. Yep. Nice, bro. Yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. You don't really strike me as a bird guy. Yeah, God forbid. <laughs> you try to get through his wide receiver. I can't, you, even, I can't you know even get why? through number you four. You know what? I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad because you have Jameson Williams four. Your okay, you have Drake Lennon three. Just go and see a two one, man. Uh, can I finish my Drake Lennon no take one, for no God forbid? No one cares. No one cares about this list anymore. Jesus, it's better than both of your lists. Oh, my God. Number four, Drake Lennon. We talked about it. Three. 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 This guy was talking about it. Hurry up, man. He's got me all over the place. He's great. Okay, Drake London's great. Let's move on. He was number three. Let's move on to number two, Garrett Wilson. He had probably the best tape out of everyone I, I was it, watching. Did I not? Yeah, Traylon Burks. Yeah. yeah. Your number one. I've said Traylon Burks my number one receiver since like January or for, since like November. Really. Were you one of those guys that had their drafts? Traylon Burks ran a four four one. He's the number one receiver off the board. Traylon Burks ran a four four two. He's the number one receiver. Oh, with off all the my draft. Oh yeah, I should have <laughs> honestly. He could have ran a four eight. Um, but no, Garrett Wilson was phenomenal. Watching his tape was one of the most fun I've ever watched. All of these receivers um, up there with Traylon. 4-3-40, 6 foot, 180. A bit undersized, but he doesn't show it, right? He's a smaller guy, but when you're watching him play, he looks like he's like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, his ability yeah. to go up, create separation, high point the ball. You would think he's a few inches taller. My comp to him is actually Calvin Ridley. I know that. I feel like that's been floated around before, um, but I, I really like that comp for him. Another guy who could play on the outside or in the slot, who I think Traylon Burks could do that as well. In 2020, nearly 70% of his slots, his snaps are from the slot, but moved outside a lot more in 2021 and, pl- and played primarily outside. Five-star recruit coming out of high school. He's great in and out of routes. He has different releases that really keep DBs on their feet. His body control is the best in this class. As I mentioned, small frame, but great at contested catches. Best release. Probably has the best separation. He's able to create separation at the release, midpoint, and at the top of the routes. I think Garrett Wilson, day one, is going to be one of the better receivers in this draft class. Number one, you know it's coming. Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I don't know why everyone's kind of down on him. Uh, I feel like in the college football season, a lot more people were hyping him up to be this top three receiver. And then the last couple of months, he's kind of been pushed down to like bottom of the first round type of guy. The 40 time, I don't really care about. If you look at his speed score, which once again contributes um, or takes into account his weight plus his 40 time because he's 225, right? You could run a, a 4.3 at 180, 190 pounds, but Traylon Burks, who's running a 4.5 at 225 pounds, they're equally impressive. He's in the 98th percentile when it comes to that. 
He hit 22.6 miles per hour in week five this past college football season. That would have been the fastest run in the NFL. His speed is not a concern with me. I do agree that it does take some time. At least his acceleration isn't as elite as his top end speed. His top end speed is one of the best in college football, and it's going to translate to the NFL, I believe, too. The one issue, or not issue, but the one thing that might be stopping people just because the stats aren't there, but that's mostly because Arkansas doesn't throw the ball much. Arkansas had 294 attempts to compare to the other guys. USC threw the ball 500 times. Ohio State 500, um, excuse me, uh, Ohio State over 500 times. Arkansas had 2,700 passing yards and and Burks accounted for 40% of those yards. So at 1,100 yards, only passing for 2,700. Teams knew he was a wide receiver one and they couldn't, they couldn't stop him. He was 15th in yards after catch per reception, so he's able to have great yak ability. Second highest passer rating when targeting, 155.3. 2019, as a freshman, he led the team in receiving yards, which once again, something that I really uh, covet being able to come in to your college college um, career and being able to dominate right away. I think the ability to use him all over the field, I think he's most, he's his best or he'll be used He'll contribute the most as a big slot. I think that's where he fits perfectly in. A.J. Brown is a really good comp, even though he could play on the outside as well. The ability to put him in the backfield, in the slot, out wide, I think he's just... It's going to take the right OC to really unlock him to his full potential like we've seen with Debo. I don't think he's good as a runner as Debo, but he has that ability to you know hit a hole and take it to the crib like you mentioned with A.J. Brown. Goes up and gets the ball. Great at high point in it. So, Traylon Burks, my number one guy. Can I ask you, is it situational that he's number one? Where you believe that he's at a draft position right now that you think he could be the best receiver in this class? Or do you think that he can go to any team and you'll believe that he's the best receiver in the class? I'm going to go into the season thinking like he's going to be my number one guy. Um, I do think certain OCs can unlock him more. Okay. Depending on how creative you can get with him. Because like I mentioned, if you're putting him primarily in the slot, I think he's going he's gonna to feast. Um, depending on what other OCs think of him, more of an outside guy. But he moved, he lined up all over the place. Outside slot backfield very Debo Samuel S being able to move him all over the field I think that's kind of where the NFL sort of position list like I think this next season we're going to see Jamar Chase get carries Elijah Moore get carries I think the Debo Samuel thing kind of opened it up and OCs are going to look at their receivers and say whoever our best playmaker is let's just get them the ball let's Agreed. not let's not overthink things get them the ball whether that's the backfield pitches whatever it might be I think Traylon Burks fits that very well yeah you spoke very well thank you now God, yeah, sorry. Maybe, imagine how well I would speak if I wasn't interrupted eight times. You <laughs> weren't. It was just once. Maybe twice. Oh, kiss me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Drake and Josh, man. Yeah, no, you know they're not you. cool? I no, saw that. Not. I saw that yeah. TikTok. Cool. Uh, his uh, bar stool. Well, I'll tell you right? what. Drake Bell is canceled. A sin. Um, somebody you know actually. Uh, yes. Yeah. Thing in Mexico. I'll leave it at that. Um. How do I put this lightly? <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> Something that uh, or frown- you should never do, yeah. ever. So uh, um, somebody mentioned this. I don't know what's your opinion on it. But, you know, Barstool. Um, Dave Portnoy, Stool Presidente. He's on this podcast called the BFFs Pod. Where, like, he's one of the main hosts. And they report on, like, TikTok drama mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And a lot of people are like, he's too old to be talking Dave about Por- Dave Portnoy bro I saw yeah. one TikTok clip where he was trying to play a Instagram DM like voice chat that was Drake Bell's yeah and he was uh-huh. they were saying like how do I put this on speaker like like you could put a DM on speaker or he something sound, they were calling him a grandpa old. yeah he does you know Drake Bell after like Josh Peck went on his media media tour 
he dropped the podcast with his wife. It was the most awkward. Drake Bell did? Yeah, yeah. It was the most awkward. It sucks that they're not boys. Awkward. It was the most awkward, like, 30 minutes I've ever spent just listening to something. Drake Bell spoke so much and said absolutely nothing. <laughs> I was like, what is he saying? Sucks just talking in circles. Point in life where Drake Bell is just. He's not the cool guy anymore. He's not. Yeah. Damn. He He's used not. to be cool. He was cool. He was. As sin. Yeah. He was so cool, man. It's tragic. He was cool. So, NFL draft season is upon us because uh, I guess we talk about football, right? That's what we talk about. Every once in a while. We're going to rank our top quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers, and we're going to do it for, for the TikTok community out there because we like to, you know, segment these things. So, let's just get it all in one video. We are going to rank our top quarterback, running back, and wide receivers for this upcoming draft, our top five. So, Joel, give your top five quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Starting at five? Yes. Okay. You never know with you guys. Number five quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Four, Matt Corral. Three, Sam Howell. Two, Malik Willis. Excuse me. Two, Kenny Pickett. One, Malik Willis. Right into running backs? Yeah, man. Get to it. I'm actually... We could actually go quarterback. Oh, okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Even though Joel messed up quarterbacks. But here we are. Number five for me is Matt Corral. Number four, Desmond Ritter. Number three, Sam Howell. Number two, Kenny Pickett. Number one, Malik Willis. Number five, Sam Howell. Four, Desmond Ritter. Three, Kenny Pickett. Two, Matt Corral. And one, Malik Willis. Running backs, number five, Damian Pierce from Florida. Underrated by like him. Number four, Rashad White. That's Drew's guy. Number three, Isaiah Spiller. Two, Kenneth Walker. And number one, by far, is Brees Hall. All right, my top five. At number five, James Cook. Number four, Brian Robinson. Number three, Kenneth Walker, number two, Rashad White, and number one, Breeze Hall. Number five, Isaiah Spiller. Number four, Rashad White. I love his versatility, receiving back, and he's very shifty. Three, Kenneth Walker, two, Breeze Hall, and number one, Brian Robinson Jr., the most physical running back in this entire draft. Nutty. <laughs> Moving on to wide receivers. Number five, a sleeper by guy like a lot, George Pickens from Georgia. Number four, Jamison Williams. Number three, Drake London. Two, Garrett Wilson. And number one, best receiver in the class, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. List is very, very mid, unfortunately, to say to my boy Joel. However, my number five is going to be Chris Olave. Number four, Traylon Burks, your boy. Number three, Drake London. Mini Mike Evans. Baby Mike Evans, I should say. Number two, Garrett Wilson. And number one, the definitive best receiver in this class, Jamison Williams. Number five, Christian Watson. Number four, Drake London. Number three, Traylon Burks. Number two, Jamison Williams. And number one, Garrett Wilson. I feel like everybody consensus has Garrett Wilson. Well, Garrett Wilson's stud. Maybe he's, Chris no, Sims. He's going to be the number one drafted. Which maybe, I'm Chris, maybe Chris Sims will be insanely right or insanely wrong. No, him. he's going to be wrong on this one. Not having him in his top five is bonkies. It is. It's bonkers. The only like argument you have is that he didn't break out at Ohio State. But like he's behind three first round draft picks. So it's. Kind of, and unfair. Joe Burrow didn't either. I know. Yeah, that's why. Like, I don't believe it, but that's the only argument I could really see because his tape is just ridiculous. Beautiful. I believe I can run it, run it. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> On to the final three topics of the show: <laughs> Lamar Jackson and his contract talks. We're gonna talk about that. Jim Irsey calling out Wentz, and then we're gonna give our breakout candidates for this upcoming season. So let's start off with Lamar Jackson first. The Ravens are making no progress on a Lamar Jackson contract extension, although they just extended Jim Harbaugh. I mean, John Harbaugh been to the playoffs nine times, 
2012 Super Bowl champion, coach of the year in 2019. But you could say that he was on the hot seat in 2018 until Lamar came in, went 6-1, and one, saved his job. John Harbaugh, though, got extended, and they have still not progressed on a on contracts on a contract on top contract talks with Lamar Jackson. So, Joel, you're the Lamar Jackson guy here. You are somebody who's a big advocate. Drew's not very high on him. Oh, you know how I that? feel about Lamar Dude, Jackson. You, I actually, I really don't know how you feel about Lamar Jackson. Oh, I think he's because I feel like you say he's like a top six, seven quarterback, but then you also shit on him for not winning the playoffs and this whole he's no, had I have stacked to, teams. I have to call a spade a spade. Joel, please, back Lamar me. Jackson is I'm a great low on Lamar. You like Lamar? Thank you. Because I think Kyler's better than him does not mean I'm low on Lamar. I want to apologize. I want to. I want to hear. Apologize. Take. I can't. I will this. never apologize. This guy is so stern, huh? In my life again. <laughs> again, <laughs> something happened. Something happened. He scarred. Go ahead. It's because I was. I, I, I apologize for the Bulls, and I was right about that. Apologize for the next, and you're right. But you just lied on my name, so apologize for that. I I take you having Kyler over Lamar now. This as you not being high on Lamar. God forbid. I me. think. Kyler, I mean. I don't think it's crazy to put Kyler over Lamar. Thank you. It is. Go. Give your take. Kyler's a better passer. Give your take. So apologize now. Give your take. (laughs) Jesus. Are we done? Yeah. Um, What a wild episode. We're being goofy this episode. For sure. (laughs) Who would have thought? I mean, it's the offseason. Yeah, why not? We're having fun. Um, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. It's not much of a decision. I mean, the Ravens have two choices. They extend Lamar Jackson or they become irrelevant. Like it's not it's not too complicated, right? You either Kyle Huntley. We <laughs> knew it. You, knew it. you become irrelevant <laughs> without Lamar Jackson, the most winningest quarterback before twenty five years old. His the numbers back it up. Unanimous MVP. He did it all. Fourteen and two oh, season yeah. number one seed. His playoff performances haven't been up to par with his regular season performances, and I nope. agree. But I do think over the past few seasons, he's shown the ability to progress. I think even though his numbers might have been better in his MVP season, this past season before he got hurt, I think he looked his best as a passer he ever has in the NFL. I don't disagree. And he's a great leader. His teammates respect him. His teammates love him. The city loves him. The team. There's no way in any reason you don't extend Lamar Jackson. He made you relevant. You mentioned it. John Harbaugh was on the cusp of getting fired. They sit Joe Flacco or bench him is really the better term. Lamar comes in. He got hurt. He got hurt? He didn't okay. get hurt. I, I, thought, I thought for some reason he got benched. But once Lamar um, started but, rolling. Yes, once Lamar came in, brought them to the playoffs next season, MVP his first year as a full starter in the league. Without him, who knows what the Ravens organization looks like now. So you got to give him his money. He's going to get probably $200 million plus. I understand the whole issue behind Lamar maybe not having the most longevity because he's more of a running quarterback or runs a lot. He gets hit a lot too. But he's shown the ability to progress as a passer. He's someone who takes the sport so seriously and cares so much about his performances. You see him on the sideline getting pissed off when he throws an interception. I love to see that. That's one of my favorite traits about Lamar. So the Ravens, it's not much of a choice. It's just a matter of are we giving him 40 mil a year or 50 mil a year? That's really the only decision they have. And question, you're giving him 50 mil? I don't want to, but if, yeah. if Lamar's if like, he says, give me 50, I'm in free agency, then I'm like, all right. If he says he's in free agency, well, he's not because they they're going to franchise him they twice. Yeah. So he could hit free agency in like 2028. Now, question Do you think him being his own agent is going to be. I thought it was his mom. Is it? I thought I he was his own out. agent. Now, you can answer on it's the kind of like the same thing, if we're being honest. Do you believe that it could be to his detriment? Detriment in the sense of. Not like it's life or death, but in the sense of like it could hinder how he gets his money. 
for in terms of like how he hand, not having like a, a real agent. Yeah. Have we seen it from other players? DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. And he got a bat when he got paid, he, he was the number one. Paid, correct. Yeah. I feel like we're on the wrong topic here. Wanna know why? It's not about the Ravens wanting to extend Lamar. They want to extend Lamar. Lamar Jackson has not initiated the contract talks or has shown a willingness to get into those negotiations. Why? I have no idea. The the Ravens owner came out, Steve Biscotia, and came out and was like, Lamar Jackson is like doing his own unique thing. He said, this kid is so obsessed with winning a Super Bowl that I think deep down he doesn't think he's worthy of a contract like that. Yeah, Lamar doesn't have an agent. His mom runs point on negotiations as his business partner. I'll tell and you he, what, you telling me this? And his owner in his first interview. I am all in. And wow. the, the owner in his first interview, public interview with reporters in like a long time, in four years, he says, I think he wants to say, now I deserve to be on top. People can speculate any way they want. I don't think he is turned on by money that much, and he knows it's coming one way or, or another. And Lamar Jackson said that he loves the Ravens and the franchise, you know, fans and everything. He wants people to stop putting out those false narratives. So I understand what he's saying, but I think the Ravens are in a tough position. And I think the Browns guaranteeing all that money to Deshaun Watson messed up the market because if Deshaun Watson got that much, Lamar Jackson's getting, he has to get 50 but million. It's not a the year. first time we saw it because Kirk Cousins deal, obviously less money, but when he signed with Minnesota, it was fully guaranteed as well. And we kind of thought that might have a trickle down effect between other contracts, but it really hasn't until this Deshaun Watson contract fully guaranteed. It's just that one. Well, amongst Kirk's, the elite quarterbacks, they're going to get that money. I mean, okay. Yeah. We just saw Mahomes get paid. I mean, to get fair four fifty, but only half of it was guaranteed, I want to say, around that. Maybe even less. Might have been the $180 What I'm saying range. is that Lamar hasn't initiated talks yet. It's not like they're negotiating and the Ravens are like, we don't want to give you that. Yeah. And Lamar's like, you guys are disrespecting my worth. That's not going on. There's no bad blood here. It's just Lamar hasn't initiated these talks. He hasn't wanted to start negotiating. If he truly is holding back negotiations until he proves he can take the Ravens far in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, then he's going to be waiting forever because it's not going to happen. Forever? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Wait, so hold Just on. Just get your money, bro. There's there's a greater chance a running back gets taken in the top five than the Ravens win the Super Bowl. In the next what? Lamar's career. No, no, no. Ten there's years. a better chance the Ravens okay. win the Super Bowl. Okay. But both are very you just slim. Said, you said never. So. Both are slim. I said never. Everyone's had a panic attack. You say never. Never's crazy. Both are slim. Never's crazy. I think it's highly unlikely. Highly, highly, highly unlikely. Do you think we see a wide receiver go number one overall? Probably not, but I think it's more probable than a running back going top five. I look at the Ravens. I agree. I look at the Ravens, and they have so many holes on the roster. It's not a good team. Right now? They don't have an edge rusher. They don't have an interior presence. Their linebackers are shaky. Patrick Queen is... He's a disappointment. He was disappointed. Their safeties, they did get Marcus Williams, so that's going to boost them up a little bit. They're getting healthy at corner. Yeah, you're right, but I just feel like the Ravens, there's something about them that's missing. Listen, J.K. Dobbins coming back is going to be huge for them. And Gus. That's going to not just elevate their running game because we saw the impact that Devontae Freeman had, right? Now so they're getting, average. which is exactly the point, I know. that they're getting J.K. Dobbins, who is definitely a, a, a few tiers above Devontae Freeman. That's going to open up the run game even more. And 
we saw Hollywood take that first step into being a borderline great wide receiver last Come season. On. He was really good. I, said, I did not say elite. I said borderline really, great. Really good is the right adjective. At borderline great, which is yeah, really good. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So now we have Mark Andrews, who's arguably yeah. the best tight end in football. No, he's not arguably. He's the top two tight end. He's top two and AKA Whoa. arguable number one. So he's better than Kelsey. He could be. No, Kelsey's one. What about Kittle? He Three. could be. He's not better than Kittle, do you see the year Andrews put up? And he stays care. he stays on the field. I don't Kittle he does balling with Taylor Kittle, Huntley. Kittle yeah. is better. I disagree. Kittle is better. I, if reason, Kittle could stay healthy. Agreed. But the reason why I don't completely hate the take is because Kittle is the best blocking tight end in the NFL. You don't hate the take because it's the right take. Very Kittle fair. is better than Mark Andrews. No, not necessarily. I personally like Mark Andrews because he can stay on the field. And as a receiving option, he is explosive. So we're over with saying Lamar doesn't have weapons because I know. I've been, I've okay. been said that. Because I know in 2019 and 2020, the the common thing to say was that Lamar has no help. He didn't. Oh, really? You had, a, Mark young, Andrews you had a young Hollywood and, and Mark Andrews. But Holly, Hollywood didn't take that leap like he took this season. What do you mean leap? He was a beast this, this was season. by far his best season for uh-huh. Hollywood. Marginally, because he had three drops in one game and completely clouds your dar- judgment on yeah. the entirety. If he of doesn't the have those drops, like he has another two hundred. He had a thousand yards, ninety-one receptions, six touchdowns in sixteen games. Pretty damn good. And that's with Lamar Jackson missing the end of the season. Give him his respect. I'm not saying he's elite. He is damn good. Now to continue my point, I don't completely disagree with that statement of them not being a Super Bowl caliber team yet. I still think that the AFC and the talent that we've seen them accumulate this offseason, it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be a tough road ahead, and it's all dependent on Lamar Jackson. Now, for his contract purposes, to, for that conversation, excuse me, I love it. I love to hear those comments of, I don't feel like I'm worthy yet until I prove myself with a championship. I say it all the time. If you do not win a championship, it was not a successful season. The end goal for every single team should be a championship. Yeah, it depends. I People in different time frames. Which is fine with me. But ultimately, if you did not win the championship, you failed. <laughs> to an extent. It's true. Because if Zach Wilson puts up 4,000 yards in eight games, are we saying it's a failure? He succeeded. The team failed. I know what you're saying. But it's also like, it's very rare to have that Cincinnati <laughs> Bengal leap from going to three wins to the Super Bowl. Where like usually That was a huge a- team effort. Yeah, No, for sure. But they, I don't think... They failed, though. They yeah. did fail. I don't think teams are looking at... I'm sure you if said. you if I, if we ask the Cincinnati Bengals, were you guys a success or a failure this season? Yeah. If we ask Joe Burrow that question, he would say we failed. As he should. Because you have a championship mentality. Well, yes. When players, you have a championship, players are going to have that mentality thinking we have to win a chip. And that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you. When you have a championship mentality, I take that over any other type yes, of belief. For sure. For sure. And that's what Lamar has. We can knock his passing abilities. We can we can really try and and nitpick him every single Sunday. But end of the day, he has what you want in between the years, and that's a mind that is focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's bringing home a Lombardi Trophy. I think he will get his money eventually. He's deserving of that money. He's done more than exceed expectations. But I do love to hear that he does not feel worthy of that money because he wants to prove himself. It shows me that he's hungry. He's never satisfied, and that's. Everything you want to hear from a franchise quarterback. No, I agree. It's a lot of good talk. I, you know, loving that mindset. I hope that he doesn't stick by that and then say he doesn't want the money because I don't know. It's not likely he wins a Super Bowl. It's not. Crazier things have happened. Much Cra- crazier. Crazier. We just saw the Bengals yeah. who were what? This third they have Joe Shiesty. 
on that team. And Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like, Joe Burrow's better around. than Lamar Jackson. He, I, I don't. Wow, that debate aged well for me. Remember when we had that? I, I said, said that I he said, will be. I said this season, sure, you got it, because Burrow just went to a Super Bowl. No, it was before then, actually. No, we had a debate, yes. I said he will be, but I'm not ready yet. I need to see it. He showed me. I said, all right, here we are. Yeah, I'm not going to argue going into next season, because Burrow just went to the Super Bowl, but I, I would rather have Lamar. Would you still rather have Lamar? Yeah. Oof. Crazy. Lamar's my guy. Not crazy. It's not crazy. Yeah, he's your guy. I Would you rather have Kyler or Lamar? Or sorry, Kyler or Burrow? Burrow. Same thing. Kyler's your guy. Lamar's my guy. Damn. You know, it's All right, the you same got thing. Me. You yeah. got me. You got me. Joe Burrow's a winner. He is. Joe Burrow's better than Herbert, right? <laughs> they're on the same tier, dude. This guy, Ooh. man. Same tier? I don't think they're on the same dude. tier. Dude. I yeah. think he's one tier below Herbert. I disagree. Wholeheartedly. Well, it's okay. You can't always be actually. Right. I know. That's, yeah, it sucks that's, for you. That sucks for you. I'm sorry, yeah, man. Know. Sorry, bro. Hate to see it. You can't always be right. I'm, I'm still rooting for you. Yeah. You can't always be right. And Jim Mersey learned that the hard way. When the coach traded for Carson Wentz this past season, they expected a playoff berth, but they were disappointed by Carson, the mess, Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz, as somebody Mersey has said, was a mistake. He couldn't wait. To fix. He was like, I think the worst thing you can do is have a mistake and try to keep living with it going forward. No disrespect to Jacksonville, but I mean, they're the worst team in the league. You play well and hard for the first quarter or so, and they're looking to go to the locker room and clean it out. I've never seen anything like that in my life, Ursay said. You say, my God, there's something wrong here. It needs to be corrected. And I think that we feel like we did. Your guy's got to pick you up through Jacksonville. He has to do it. Not an option. Has to. No excuses. No explanations. And Frank Wright came out and said, the guy we got in Matt Ryan, Mr. Reliable. (laughs) Mr. Reliable. Uh, I love it. I love it. I bet you do. And I think Jim Mercer is completely correct. Carson Wentz is somebody who Philadelphia was jealous of Nick Foles. He accomplished something that Carson Wentz would never do. Win a Super Bowl. Lead that team. Yeah, Carson Wentz did it in the regular season. But Nick Foles took it a step further. Then became irrelevant in six months. Oh, yeah. And then Carson Wentz never, never, ever. Next season after that? After the Super Bowl in Jacksonville. No, he after the Super Bowl, he was still there that next season. He didn't start. But he did in the playoffs, and he what, was damn good. What are you talking about, bro? That next season. Yeah, you're, you're, I don't know what's going on. He went to Jacksonville. The next year, he did not. Carson went and started that next year. He did start that next year with Foles as his backup. I, I'm almost positive. He you went might to be thinking about Against Chicago. No, I'm sorry. Against the Saints, that Alshon Where, Jeffrey dropped that ball and was picked off. Foles through that through that ball. Yep. He's right. He went to Jacksonville two years later? Um, whenever his contract was up. I thought it was the, the year after. I thought no, it was the, the year he, after he won the Super Bowl. They almost beat the Saints in the playoffs. Yes. You're right. But look at that. Carson Wentz never was able to successfully capture the Eagles locker room. Many reports of players calling him not a leader. They didn't like his leadership style. He goes to Indianapolis. It was a failure. It was a failure. The Colts were winless in games where JT didn't rush for over 100 yards. 
Matt Ryan, we talked about it already. He's a significant upgrade. Frank Reich, he's been Mr. Steady for 14 years. He's been better than Steady. Matt Ryan with this team is going to the playoffs. I've said it before. Carson the mess Wentz was the problem. Matt Ryan is the is the contractor, man. He's a construction worker. He's gonna fix these, fix this mess. So Parrish Campbell's gonna be able to be a wide receiver too this year? He can with Matt Ryan. We saw Russell Gage put up a seven hundred yard season with Matt Ryan. He's much better than Paris Campbell. Matt Ryan, we just went through his weapons he had in his MVP season. Outside of, well, I know Julio is exceptional, right, but outside of him, Taylor Gabriel was solid. Oh my God, so, I'm Gabriel. not saying he's Taylor like, Gabriel. Solid. Paris Campbell running, can't be running Taylor Gabriel. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu, Taylor Gabriel, one of the I best play take, callers in the NFL. I would take. Come on, JT no. over Tevin, Tevin yes. Coleman no, no and Devontae shit, Freeman. Bro. All right, so the running back, we know the Colts win that. So that's not even a debate. They have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The Colts, off one of the, better the Colts last reasons. year, regardless of what you say about, oh, my God, oh, they have no weapons. Top 10 offense and defense. Matt Ryan is going into that situation. Oh, put the, some respect on Matty Ice. The complete failure that Carson Wentz was had a put top a, 10 offense? Put on, put 27 some and 7 last season. Put some respect on Matty Ice. The complete failure Carson Wentz You're had a top 10 offense? You're going to see Matt Ryan have a great season. And I, can't I don't doubt to, it. I, I've said it before. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I can't Please. wait to see the look on your face and he has that type I said he's an upgrade over Carson Wentz. But that doesn't change the outlook on the Colts. If Paris Campbell is their wide receiver two going into next season, I am not even thinking about them being best the case scenario the Colts, is first round playoff. I mean, Joe Joe says all this, and that's all high and mighty talk. Last year, with a receiver that wasn't a notable wide receiver two, the Colts managed to come within three points against the Rams. They completely blew out the Bills, a team who we had as contenders who's one of the best teams in the AFC, they beat the Niners. I mean, they, they show they can beat great teams. You see weird things in the NFL. Okay. So I'm Jacks saying, the Bills. don't be Jacks so be the sure they're a first-round exit. Because um, Matt Ryan is that guy. I'll be honest, put the mortgage on it. That's their, that's their upside. I don't even know if they make the playoffs. I don't know if you how can, much better than Tennessee you can, they are. You, can, you, can, you know what the issue their is? Their only chance of making the playoffs is, is the division. the division. That's it. They're going to win it easily. Easily is Easily. crazy. You know, Easily. it's funny. It's ironic that Ursay says that it was a mistake because the mistake was trading a first round pick for Carson Wentz. Because if they didn't, they would have had the 16th overall pick. Maybe you could get one of your guys. If you like a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, who I'd rather have than Matt Ryan going forward. Maybe, oh not, maybe not for this season, but at least you got a franchise guy and you're not in this quarterback Watch purgatory. Your mouth, yeah, that was where crazy. You're, you're stuck. Your what, 37 year old <laughs> Matt Ryan? What happens What happens a year from now? Two and years from now. He has the most expensive cap hit. In the yeah. NFL. What happens a year from now, two years now for the Colts? Now you have another quarterback. And Matt you Ryan think can Matt, play at a high level for three years. He's like 38, bro. He can play at a high level for three more seasons. He's Drew Brees? He can be. I don't know why. Why not? Why are you counting on Matty Ice? Because it's Matt Ryan. It's not. We're talking about a future Hall of Famer. Like, and you're saying Kenny Pickett. Check yourself, man. Yes, for this Colts team, sure, Matt Ryan is the better fit because they're ready to win now. And that's but what they need. They shouldn't have traded a first. First of all, trading a first round pick and a third for Carson Wentz was crazy because they, they that got wasn't competition his value. back. They did, but not a first round pick. Okay, they got what they swapped thirds and got a three and maybe a two on top of so it. So you agree it was pick. a mess. Carson Wentz, the mess. No, they, you just told me that a top ten offense. He had twenty seven seven touch on interception they didn't make ratio. The they didn't. They were like a game away. Failure. Exactly. They, they make the championship. And why did they miss it? So has Matt Ryan failed his entire career? He never won a chip. Why did the Colts miss the playoffs? Because Wentz fumbled the bag down the stretch. Oh, you think Matt Ryan would have did that? Probably not. I said oh, okay. I've said I've been on record how many times Matt Ryan is an upgrade. The bag in the Super Bowl. 
Eagles. 28 to 3. Probably the biggest. Three touchdowns, zero picks. The biggest fold in matter. NFL history. It does matter. On the first half. It does matter. It, it doesn't matter. matter. First half with the splash of the third quarter where Tevin's, Tevin Coleman caught a So many things touchdown. in that game had to happen for the Patriots for that game to go sideways. And they sideways. did. And it happened. Yeah. What about the interception Tom Brady threw that the, deep, the defender did not catch and Julian Edelman caught the ball? That's a fantastic play by Julian Edelman. No, it is. But that's also a misplay that could have ended the game. It's one of the greatest catches All in the I'm Super Bowl history. All I'm saying is that is a lot of things involved in it. So I, I'm not going to pin the blame on Matt Ryan who had three touchdowns and zero picks in that game. Through three quarters. Okay. Three touchdowns, zero picks in that game. Through three quarters. Had one he was, heartbreaking, he was, gut, a, he was gut a 10 out of 10 fumble. for three quarters. Two and a half, I should say. Okay. So his performance was basically, you're telling me, did not cost the Falcons a game. Yeah, but he choked. It wasn't him, though. Fourth quarter. He you know, they could have not traded away the first round pick, had the 16th pick, get their quarterback of the future, and then still trade a third round the pick for Matt Ryan. quarterback of the future Ryan. is in this draft. Maybe, maybe not. I'd rather take 16, see what I got. If he's terrible, then get right, Matt Ryan. You traded a third round pick for Matt Ryan. You could have you traded a third round pick for Carson Wentz last year. You just traded a third round pick for Matt Ryan this year. All I'm saying well, is you could have kept that first, had a had a pick, take a quarterback who might be the and future. Still have Matt Ryan. And still trade for Matt Ryan. Okay. Or maybe I'm, trade for a wide receiver. Who I, know? I was under the assumption you were saying get the guy instead of Matt Ryan. No, because the Colts are trying to compete now. So taking a whatever rookie is not going to help you this season. But at some point, you need to say, who's our guy going to be? Because you think Matt Ryan's going to play at a high level for three years. I, I don't say yeah, that. I don't see that exactly. He will. He will. You're going you're to rely on 40-year-old Matt Ryan, and you're going to have to play Mahomes, Herbert, Josh Allen. Good luck. You're going to get 40 clips. Matt Ryan will play at a good enough level to give the Colts time to find the quarterback in the future. How about that? But they're going to be good. They're going to they're gonna be it. picking Phillip like Rivers the— did it. Why can't Matt Ryan? What do you mean? Philip like played, played it fine at an old age. Why can't— Matt Ryan. And then eventually was his last or no, the his season after he season, left. They still made the playoffs. The season after he left, they got the sixth overall pick or whatever. Because the quarterback was ass. Wait, who are you talking about? I'm saying because then eventually they got Justin Herbert. Are you saying the tra- no bro? I'm talking about the Colts with Phillip Rivers. Yeah, who got to the playoffs and lost. My point being is we saw it with Phillip Rivers at an old age still be able to bring a team to the 39. playoffs. Yeah, well, I never said. I said your upside is a round one playoff exit, just like Phillip Rivers did. I understand, did. but I'm just saying to his point, I don't completely You disagree. act like Matt Ryan is one and done. He's not going to be one and done in, in Indy. They could disagree. release him next year with zero dead money. But he's not going to be one and done. I, maybe, I think maybe. he restructures, if anything. He could, but he's I'm just not saying one and done he's, in Indy. his contract is not set up the that Colts, ties him to the, the Colts. The Colts have found the quarterback for the next two to three seasons. Book it. Okay. I don't Book disagree. It. I don't disagree because they don't have – there's no better option. There is no better option. Like, you have the 16th, 15th you best quarterback You don't a better option when you have Matty Ice. You, there's you like don't 14 better options. You, they're just unattainable because they're all so you much better. No it. team is trading them. You don't need like it. Like, what's Matty Ice's ceiling this season? He can have a top 10 quarterback season. Like 10 flat? You know what? Like we're talking flats. great, bro. We're talking like this league. Matt Ryan has a lot the left in the tank. Best quarterback talent we've ever seen throughout the Matt league. Matt Ryan has a lot left in the All tank. All right, so 10. Can he have, yeah. have a better season than Kyler? Yes. No way. Hey, oh yes. my God. He can. He, I, I'm serious. He no, can. he cannot. He can do it. There's no. I'm high I think on the only, he could have yeah, more passing yards. You're full. That's, that's cool. it. He could have more. He can have yards. more passing yards. and passing touchdowns than Kyler. Not being high on Kyler. He's not going to have more total touchdowns. He's not going to have more. He's not going to have more total yards or total touchdowns so than Kyler. Think, okay. So friendly wager. Okay. Actually, I'm tired of making wagers because I just lost to the Spurs dude. <laughs> Matt Ryan will have more passing touchdowns than Kyler Murray. Book it. Can I get total? No. 
Because I know rushing is into account. I'm talking about passing Well, only. that's such a big part of Kyler's game. He's no. the okay. top three rushing so quarterback in the league. You don't want to, oh, so Matt Ryan has enough left in the tank for you to be fearful about that. Well, what Kyler put up last season? How many How many passing touchdowns? 26 touchdowns, I believe. And Search he, it up. And he missed four, three games, four games? He had 24 touchdowns 24. in 14 games, so he missed three games. Matt Ryan had 20 touchdowns, and he played the whole season with nothing. You know what? I'll take that bet. Okay. Can we get it? Can I get on this still, or you just Richard? No, you got. We can all get on on this. All right, sure. Let's call it a three way. In. All right, um, how much? Uh, I'm done betting, bro. So what are we doing here? This is a friendly wager. It's terrible. Do we? What do we have? We have the Gabe Davis bet, bro. Also, <laughs> I, I, one thing I forgot: Jaguars, Dolphins, more wins. The bet is off. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's off. Bro. You shook on it in March. That's on you. No. Sorry. The bet is off after the no, Tyreek Hill trade. It's off. Sorry, we got, bro. We gotta. We gotta ask. The we gotta exactly. Let us Pick a side. Let us know in the comments. Is bro, he getting away with that? I had Finn Fam. Stand up. Come on. The Dolphins had no Teron Armstead. They had no Tyreek Hill. We, Come on, bro. We that changes proje- the entire trajectory we were proje- of the Dolphins. We were projecting them to get how much in the season? How many, how many people projected them to get Tyreek Hill, bro? We pro- Nobody. We, we projected them to get Chris Godwin and Teron Armstead. No, we didn't. They got uh, the you, notch above. Chris Godwin, he got franchise tagged early. Well, there you go. That's Come just on, what bro. happens. Nah, bro. Nah. Sorry, bro. You're going to nah, have to owe nah, me 100 nah. beans. Nah, bro. That bet, owe me that bet is off, Pick a side's going to let us know. Sorry. That bet is off. All right. Listen, if they tell you that the bet's still on, you got a ride. Simple. I don't care. No. Unbelievable. This guy's not a man of his word now. Out of this. I think you were actually going to owe me a jersey. That's what it was. It was going to be a jersey. All right, sorry. So listen, that's firm. Actually, how about I'll make a different bet with you within the same realm of these talks. The same thing we're doing here. I still think Trevor Lawrence has a better season than Tua. Done. Okay. All right. So that, we're doubling. That, we're doubling it now. That's, how, how no, we, no, no, no. That's the new bet. We need that's a, taking we over. We need to quantify this. What this are we looking crazy. at? Complete like... He's going to have more passing touchdowns. He's going to have a better passer rating. And I think he has more yards than, than your guy. What about completion Tua. percentage? Can we throw that in there also? Tua will have a better completion percentage. I'm sure you That's know because that. He I'm sure you know that. Two-yard passes. Uh-huh. Trevor Lawrence will have an all-around better quarterback season. I like my Miami bet better. And That's I, because I, you know you'll both. lose this one. No, nah, but I take both. Because like, you know Tua is not that guy. One's a, my God. Tua is not that guy. I take if you're both. so confident, I said I want to take, take both. If you're so confident to take this bet, I want to take both. Like, no, it's a replacement bet only. That's not how it works because you already owe me a jersey, bro. I've been withdrew my money out the, the bet. I've been cashed out. What's been? <laughs> exactly. That's been what I'm saying. Out. I've been cashed out. So I wasn't I'm, aware of this. I'm off. I was gonna let you know on the show, <laughs> and I just did. That should that should notice. This is unbelievable. So what do I get in compensation for this? They haven't played a game yet. I could always back out. What are you talking about? Is that how bets work? It is. Have you bet- ever heard a bet wait, work like that? No, wait, 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 bets. When when you place bets, you can back out until the game starts. Sorry, bro. The cash out bar right now is completely grayed out. You can't cash out. That, that happens. <laughs> it happens. Listen, the bets off, Mister. <laughs> this is insanity. It's simple as that. Pick a side. Let us know in the comments. Is this guy off the hook? The answer is absolutely not. I have to be. No, you're not. To, you're not. Take we the, gotta ask the Patreon chat. For the fact alone that do. you said that the Jaguars are gonna be better than the Dolphins, you deserve this. I had no understanding that Tyreek Hill was gonna be there. Recently. But you knew Teron Armstead was gonna be there. You knew Tua was gonna be there. I didn't know Teron Armstead was gonna be there. He didn't get signed yet. But he, that was a didn't. lock. It wasn't a lock. It was a lock. It wasn't a lock. A lock is a stretch. The lock of the century. It wasn't a lock. Sean it goes was, to New Orleans. It was. It's, he stays. It, it got. It caught people off no, guard. It didn't catch me off guard. It caught me off guard. Look at my notes. Definitely. I was ready for it months ago. That's true, though. If he goes to the Saints, Teron stays. Maybe. Teron was going to stay. He's, he stays. That's what I'm saying. So If your grandmother had balls, she'd be your grandfather. He's got a great point. 
All I'm saying is that I had no knowledge Miami was going to get Teron Armstead and Tyreek Hill. That changes a lot of things. Those are two game changers. Those are two of the best at their position. That changes a lot. All right, how many wins does Miami have? How many wins does Jacksonville have? I think Miami will win 10 games comfortably. I think Jacksonville will win 6-7. So you think Tyreek and Armstead give Miami three to four wins? Yep. Death. And Connor Williams. I mean, even with him, I didn't care about Connor Williams. It was Teron Armstead. The both of them combined is great. Come on now. You slept, and that's on you. Breakout players for 2022. We're going to get into our guys. I have four players here as breakout candidates. Four? I only need one. I'm ready for you to name the entire Broncos starting roster. I could, but I'm choosing the Denver Bronco. But go ahead. I wonder who. Go ahead. Okay. There's only one. First up. I didn't say I didn't put one name on here because I thought you were going to, but it's not the same guy. Okay, let me go then. All right, be my guest. These are players that I believe will break out this upcoming season. Zach Wilson played great down the stretch. Zero interceptions over the last five games. I think the improvements the Jets have made on the offensive line a year under LaFleur's system now going into the second season. I still think we draft or trade for a big name receiver. Zach Wilson will have a big-time jump from year one to year two. Number two is Javante Williams. Now that Melvin Gordon isn't there anymore, he's going to be the workhorse back. He had 900 yards last season, 620-yard runs. I feel like he's going to have a top-10 running back season. He can be a top-five running, even top-five. There you go. I wouldn't even rule it out. I'm with you. Number three is Gabe Davis. I mean, 200 yards in the divisional round of the playoffs. Four, Love it. 449 yards last season, six Love touchdowns. It. People look at that and are like, oh, he wasn't very productive. Well, yeah, that's why it's called a breakout season. Love it. You know who I was? I'm the same person who was like, I'm taking Debo over DK. It was a hot take before the season. It was. I called the Debo breakout. I'm calling a Gabe Davis breakout right now. And you know what? I'm going to stay in the AFC East because Elijah Moore is having a breakout season Love with it. Zach Wilson. Love it, too. Love it though. 500 yards, five touchdowns. He could have cracked a 1,000 had he not gotten hurt. Elijah Moore, Gabe Davis, Javante Williams, Zach Wilson, all my breakout players for this upcoming season. I'll tell you what. My breakouts are so true to me that it's not even funny. And there's no bias in this, just so everyone knows. Absolutely none. And I'm being sincere when I say this. My number one breakout, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy had a great, I wouldn't say great, great strong. For a situation, I would say great. Given the fact that Drew Locke was quarterback, he had eight, like 860 his freshman year, but his sophomore season was not up to par, missed some time, very underwhelming, had under 500 yards. But now that we got the real number three, Russell Wilson, I'm expecting nothing less of greatness than Jerry Judy, from Jerry Judy. I'm expecting 1,300 yards. I'm expecting him to show why he is a top five route runner in the NFL. With Russell Wilson, all this can be accomplished. Now, my number two breakout. This could this should come as no surprise to a tongue of Iloa. The offseason that the Miami Dolphins had was the most exciting offseason by far out of any team in the 2022 offseason. Bring in Teron Armstead, Connor Williams in the offensive line. You get rid of Jesse Davis. Thank goodness he's gone. He's the worst offensive lineman I think I've ever seen in my life. You add Tyreek Hill to add to a wide receiver core that already has Jalen Waddle, they automatically become a top three duo in the NFL at the wide receiver position. And Tua now has no excuse. 
And now yeah. he's finally going to be put in a position to succeed. Yeah. With Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert in the backfield, two options that are great receiving options as well. Tua is going to thrive. And I have no doubt in my mind that Tua is going to enter that top 10 quarterback conversation now. <laughs> oh, my God. Tua is going to show why he was worth the number five draft pick. Number 10. Number 10. He is going to be excellent this season. Missing four games last season, 2,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Not a great touchdown to interception ratio, but given his circumstance, I look at these numbers and I'm thrilled with them. Behind the worst offensive line, one of the, a bottom three rush offense, one of the worst play callers on the offensive side of the ball. Now he gets Mike McDaniels. Now he gets Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle duo with Mike Isicki coming back on the franchise tag with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Moser. With Teron Armstead, with Connor Williams, Robert Hunt. A solid offensive line in front of him. He's going to have time to make these throws down the field. I'm guaranteeing a top 10 quarterback season. Well, I, it's it's not totally crazy because Jared Goff had a top 10 quarterback season. He did. Can we yeah. go through the names real quick? Just tell me. I know we discussed the last episode, but now, now you're putting your stamp top 10. Josh Allen. No. Herbert. Why do you have to think about that? What, what's What's happening? Statistically, we're talking. What's happening? All right, I'll take Herbert. Of course you take Herbert. Take Herbert. Tom Brady. Take Tommy. Patrick Mahomes. Take Patty. Aaron Rodgers. Take Rodgers. Matt Stafford. That's not, you don't I have take to Staffy. I, I got to think. Allen okay, Robinson just joined six. them. That's six. Joe Burrow. We could have a conversation. No, you cannot. Okay, so six. Kyler. I would take Kyler. Seven. The name right now that I'm I'm seriously leaning is Burrow. Okay. Russell Wilson. Russ. That's eight. Lamar Jackson. No chance he has a better season than Lamar Jackson. I'll take Lamar. That's nine. So the one we're stuck on is Joe Burrow Correct. being 10. Correct. I'm assuming you're taking him. Dak Prescott. I would take Tua. Okay. Wow. Listen, I like the bold calls, but the, the pause on Herbert is might be the craziest 10 seconds the show's ever seen ever. Justin Herbert? Listen. Like, bro, what? Come on. Herbert is amazing. He is unbelievable. He is. He's a man. He's fantastic. The pause was unwarranted. I really had to think about it, though. Why? Because just to show some suspense. Okay, so you think he could have a better season than Dak and Joe Burrow? For sure. Those are the two guys you would put. Joe Burrow, who has a plethora of receiving weapons and improved offensive line. Better season than Derek Carr. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I also We're talking Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike McDaniel. Talking Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. I'll tell you what, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, toss up. Devontae Adams is better. Jalen Waddle takes a dookie. On but, Wa- but Waller's their number two. Very fair. Different players. And especially with, with Mike Sicky's not a slouch at tight end, though. And especially yeah. with an offensive line, it's not even a question now. We lean Miami. And especially with Derek Carr's play style, Devontae Adams fits him way better. I agree. Two and so Hot let's Hill talk about no, no, really. The greatest. I'm shocked. But it's I, not. I think I'm they'll, shocked. Be, they'll be fine. McDaniel's no, going to get, get him involved. It's not I'm the greatest right fit, now, bro. It's not, it's not the greatest. But why is that? Because Tua can't. Throw deep. The thing about that is that is wildly incorrect. And the also thing about that is that the average depth of target for Tyreek and Patrick Mahomes 
is not as significant as everyone thinks that it is. Well, well they've really taken they, it away the last moved, couple seasons. And they seasons. moved off of him because of that. Because yeah. they realized it wasn't as effective anymore. But even so still, Tyreek Hill was still a top four receiver in the NFL this season. Yeah, he put up the numbers for sure. So let's not pretend like it's a huge deal. And what I, I'm think, telling, I think the fit's fine. And what I'm telling you right now is you're talking like he can't throw deep. I'm promising you at least three or four deep touchdowns to Tyreek Hill this season. He's going to have time to sit in the pocket. Maybe he'll have separation. Enough, enough, all right, because your your negativity is making me sick in the stomach. I'm telling you right now, Tua's going to have time to sit in this pocket, Tyreek Hill's going to be deep open, and Tua's going to have no problem hitting him. He already displayed it this this past season that he can let the ball fly downfield. Whether you choose to ignore it or not is on you. Judy and and, uh, Tua are your two breakouts then. Easily. Okay. And I'm guaranteeing both of these are going to have great. Both of these players are going to have great seasons. Well, I think they'll both both have better seasons for sure. Great seasons. For sure. Uh, My breakout players, my quarterback, Trey Lance. I think him finally getting the keys to that, you know, that engine, that Shanahan machine. He just produces, man. You know, Trey Lance is going to go in. He's going to be able to rush the ball, throw the ball, all the physical tools. He's handsome. Everything screams franchise quarterback for Trey Lance. I think Jimmy G is going to get traded maybe sometime in training camp around August. And then finally, all of this drama will be put to the side. Trey Lance becomes one of the better quarterbacks in the next couple of seasons. Elijah Moore was my guy as well. I don't want, I won't repeat what you said, but I think Elijah Moore is going to be phenomenal. In 11 games last year, had 43 catches, over 500 yards, and five touchdowns. Battled through multiple injuries, but when he was on the field, he was electric. And my third and final breakout was Darnell Mooney. Really, Love the it. Bears' only receiving option. Cole Komet, we'll see what happens. Year three is usually when the tight ends break out. But Darnell Mooney really being the only receiving threat on that team. Former fifth-round pick, but he has shown being the number one guy. I mean, last year, I know they had Allen Robinson, but... Darnell Mooney led the team in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. He's been yeah. able to show that he could be the number one on a team, having a full offseason with Justin Fields. And with the bad quarterback, too. Having a full offseason with Justin Fields, not bringing in any other target competition. I think Mooney's going to have a really nice year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think all your breakouts are valid outside of Tua being a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That's blasphemous. Almost as blasphemous as saying Matt Ryan. No, I think Matt Ryan's more valid. No way. Matt Ryan's an MVP, actually. <laughs> So he had the best quarterback season in the league at one five years ago. That's not really that far off. The 2016, 15? 2016 or it's 2016. 2022. It's 2017. It was five 2016, years. actually. Oh, so six. Even yeah. worse. He actually had a season just as good as his MVP year in 2018. Really? Yep, he did. 38-6, and six, whatever he was. Yep, he actually, yeah, he did have a four similar season. We had the same exact conversation when I said five years. You said it was four years ago last episode. 2018, he had 35 touchdowns, seven picks, almost two for 5,000 yards, 69% completion percentage. And the year before? 2017, it was 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. Oh, 2018 was his MVP year. No, 2016, 38 and seven. Then two years later, he had 35 and seven. He tweaked. Yeah. And that was with no help in Atlanta. So there's a trend here. Julio Jones. In, In 2017, he threw for 20 touchdowns, then very next year, 35. This past season threw for 20 touchdowns, 12 picks, the same as he did in 20. You better hope he doesn't do the same thing because the disrespect. Oh, my gosh. Michael Pittman, Julio Jones are basically the same guys. Basically the same person. This is going to do it for this episode, episode 167 of the Pick Aside Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. Thank you guys for listening and or watching, and we'll see you next time. This is Andy Herman from the Pack-A-Day Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. 
Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com/bluewire. That's wefunder.com/bluewire.